And welcome back, everybody, to Fantasy Savvy's podcast here in the 2020 season, as we are now on to week six. And a lot of craziness continues to happen. Things are becoming more clear. So we navigate through it all. We talk about every single game upcoming in week six. We have some buys. It looks like all games are a go at this point uh, for the COVID testing. Although the Patriots game may be in question, uh, the Atlanta Falcons had false negatives, so that game is good to go. Uh, so we'll see about the Patriots game, uh, which would be a disaster if it was two weeks in a row. Um, but nonetheless, the NFL keeps pushing along, and we will get through this season. So every single game, every single relevant player, we'll talk a little DFS. We'll do NFL picks which each uh, as we talk about each game. Check out the website, fantasysavvy.com, um, and also follow me on Twitter, at Fantasy Savvy. So let's get into it. We'll start with some quick player news, and then we'll get into all the games. Okay, let's get into some quick player news. Uh, 49ers Jeff Wilson questionable to play week six against the Rams, but Raheem Mostert is active. Uh, Derek McKinnon is good, so uh, Wilson could be dropped at this point. Jimmy Garoppolo is healthy for week six, so second week back with that high ankle sprain. Rough week, uh, rough game last week coming back from uh, the high ankle sprain. So, you know, quarterbacks can come back a little bit quicker than receivers and running backs. They don't have to move around as much, but Jimmy definitely struggled, and you wonder if you know that really played a part in his struggle. So let's see how he does this week against the Rams. Um, Jets left tackle, Makai Becton is out. Uh, rookie draft pick this year. Again, no Le'Veon Bell. We will talk about that. Uh, and LeMichael Perrine, or Perrine, however you want to pronounce it. Chris Godwin is back fully healthy. Uh, from his hamstring injury, so good news for the Bucks and Tom Brady against the Packers this week. A.J. Brown will play. He is healthy in week six. Uh, had that knee bruise, which can definitely linger, um, but it looks like he's over that and he's ready to go. Scored a touchdown last week in their upset over Buffalo. Leonard Fournette, Leonard Fournette looks like he's going to be a game-time decision, uh, so it could be Rojo McDowell's this week again. Buck. Wide receiver Mike Evans was limited in practice, um, but he should be fine. Alshon Jeffrey won't play again. It's going to be Travis Fulgham. We'll talk about him a little bit more. Go check out FantasySavvy.com for my thoughts on him as well. Uh, Melvin Gordon has an illness, so he had the DUI earlier in the week. DUI, and now he's got some sort of illness, so he missed practice. So Philip Lindsay comes back, and it looks like he may get the full role. Drew Locke is also going to be back uh, this week for the Broncos, which is good news for their whole offense. Uh, Jerry Judy and then K.J. Hamler is probably going to be out one more week with that hamstring, but he's a guy to keep an eye on uh, and definitely add if you have a spot. Um, nice receiver, rookie receiver out of Penn State. Like what I saw from him when he was healthy. Mo Alley-Cox is out this week. So that's going to mean Jack Doyle and Trey Burton. Trey Burton has been dominating the targets. 11 targets. Jack Doyle just had three last week. So 
Um, you know, if you're thinking Jack Doyle, you might be want you might want to think Trey Burton first. I mean, he came kind of came out of nowhere. He's been gone for like two years. He had that good season with the Bear, uh, the Eagles. They sent him to the Bears. He disappeared. Now he's back on the Colts and looks like he may be fantasy relevant again. So if you need tight end help, looks like Trey Burton to the guy. Uh, Zach Boss will hit will make his return this week for the Bills. So let's see how that plays into the mix with. Devin Singletary, uh, TJ Yeldon actually looked pretty good last week, ran pretty well, caught that deep touchdown pass where Allen threaded the needle. Um, so let's see what Moss does this week. You know, still uh, a talented guy, somebody to monitor. He may even be at, be out there on your waiver wire, so somebody to add in, you know, in this very explosive uh, 2020 Bills offense led by Josh Allen. John Brown looks like he'll be okay. Um, it says knee injury, but I thought he had a calf injury. Uh, but it looks like he's okay. Although that, you know, that calf injury, he heard it and then he heard it in practice again last week. That's why he missed last week's game. Gabriel Davis stepped in, uh, had a touchdown called back. So, um, I thought, you know, I like Gabriel Davis, but with John Brown there, it's going to be tough. And the return of John Brown definitely helps, uh, Josh Allen. Week six injuries. Keep it going. Deshaun Jackson will not play again with the hamstring injury. So, again, Fulgham, Ertz, Greg Ward. No Alshon Jeffrey. Um, Adrian Peterson practiced fully on Friday. He had a little bit of illness, but he'll be good to go. It'll be interesting to see what the Lions do with DeAndre Swift. You know, he got hurt um, in training camp, so in the preseason so he w- he wasn't able to really get many reps so if you wonder that p- kind of played a part with the Lions leaning on Peterson and carry on a little bit more than Swift early on in the year so um it'd be interesting to see if they come off the bye and Swift gets a little more involved in the offense this week you know he's been getting work in the passing game although two weeks ago he got like one touch uh two it was it was a disaster um but stepped stepped up and back again the following week scored a touchdown, so now they had the bye week. He comes back. You know, we could definitely see that. So a guy that also may be out in the waiver wire, or if you need running back help, a guy to possibly trade for, you could definitely get him for cheap. Julio Jones was removed from Atlanta's injury report, and he will play in week six. So that was perfect for Julio. Took the week off. That's what he needed. He's now back for week six, ready to go. You know, has father time hit Julio? Maybe a little bit, but the guy is still a top flight receiver, still went off in week one, so you have to still have confidence in him at this point. Devontae Adams will play week six. He returns from a hamstring injury, missed a couple games, so huge addition for the uh, Packers and Aaron Rodgers, who is, you know, basically, is basically destroying it this year, so he gets his top weapon back. You know, we'll be seeing a lot of those uh, back shoulder comeback routes, just all sorts of splendid receiver play from Devontae Adams. Steelers wide receiver Deontay Johnson is out again uh, for week six. So he got hurt in game. Claypool came in. We're going to talk a lot about Claypool. He stepped up in Deontay Johnson's place. Um, and that's huge. So it's, it's the Claypool show uh, seemingly once again, it looks like. Auden Tate. 
Auden Tate is doubtful for week six against the Steelers. So Auden Tate, you know, we thought he may be a thing this year. He was a little bit of a thing last year. Definitely a talented guy. Um, if you you know if you're an NFL team, you need receiver help. He's a guy to go trade for. But they have so many receivers there. You know, T. Higgins, uh, Boyd, Green is kind of a mess. Um, but he's you know he's cleared to play. Um, but you know it doesn't seem like Green's happy. I don't know what's going on there. But Auden Tate is still. I'm not able to get out there. Um, We talked about the Patriots game with the COVID, but uh, Schefter reports the Broncos are being told to prepare as if they will face the Patriots week six. So, you know, the league is going to definitely try to get this game in, you know, unless there's a complete disaster. I mean, if you got some major guys getting positives, but if it's, you know, some backups or some assistant coaches or whatnot, they're, they're going to roll this game out, I think, um, even if they have to move it back to Monday or Tuesday. Uh, Panthers running back Christian McCaffrey could be out until week eight against the Falcons. So Mike Davis owner, keep rolling him out there. He looked great. You know, Davis is always a good running back, um, kind of shifty. You know, can break tackles. Um, he seems, I don't know, like it seems like every time he did that, he would kind of fade out after a couple weeks. But, you know, he's only got a couple weeks left, so he's still got juice. Um, and, you know, they're using him a ton. So keep rolling him out there. Um, and hopefully McCaffrey will be out just just until week eight and we'll be back for your fantasy teams. Big injury there, obviously. Uh, Curtis Samuel is questionable for week six. He was available for practice. It sounds like it's going to be a game-time decision. Darius Slayton, questionable for week six also. Um, looks like he'll be fine, though. Had a pretty good game last week against the Cowboys, which most people expected. Uh, Dalvin Cook is out, officially out with that groin injury. So it's Alexander Madison and a little bit of Mike Boone. Um Jarvis Landry, who was hobbling around last week, is questionable for week six. So pay attention to that. Looks like it might be a game-time decision. Um, Mayfield fully expected to play with his rib injury. Um, Good news for the Redskins. They activated guard Brandon Scherf. So, good news for Kyle Allen as he heads up the Washington Redskins offense this week. DJ Shark still questionable with his ankle injury. Constant ankle injuries for him. Um, you get a little worried about that. So, we'll see. It looks like he's gonna, definitely going to be a game-time decision. Sterling Shepard, Giants receiver. Looks like he may return from the IR with his toe injury in Week 7. Uh, which would be good news for Daniel Jones as their schedule eases up. Um, Odell Beckham is also questionable, but I'm sure he'll be out there. He also tested negative for COVID-19 on Friday, if you wanted to know that. Uh, Broncos coach Vic Fangio said Noah Fant is truly questionable for week, week six. So the talented young tight end who uh, looks Looked excellent this year. May be out one more week, so we'll have to wait and see. Um, Jordan Aikens, tight end for the Houston Texans, Texans will be a game-time decision. Uh, Darren Fells scored in his absence last week. So, you know, Fells is somewhat usable uh, if, if Aikens is going to be out. I mean, Fells, all he does is catch touchdowns. 
you know, two catches, 97 touchdowns. That's that's what Darren Fells does. Uh, let's see if there's anything else here. I want to keep this under. I want to keep going as fast as possible with this player news so we can get into these games. I think that's good enough, guys. So let's get into the first game of the week. Okay, we got Texans 1-4, 0-2 on the road against Tennessee 4-0, 2-0 at home. Coming back from their COVID messiness uh, with an impressive win over the Buffalo Bills last week. Ryan Tannehill continues to impress. Uh, A.J. Brown returned, looked great, uh, scored a touchdown. Um, Derrick Henry got in for two scores. And then on the other side, the Texans finally get their first win after fire, firing Bill O'Brien, uh, Deshaun Watson has his best game of the year. Brandon Cooks has his best game of the year. Um, and they get the W there. So, total in this game, 53. Tennessee's favored by 3.5 um, at home. And, you know, keep chalking up Tannehill. Just looks so smooth out there. Um, you know, the Titans love that play-action game. And, you know, when they're using Henry, and teams are definitely focusing on Henry so much more this year. You can just tell. I mean, he's such a huge part of their offense. Uh, meanwhile, Darrington Evans is out for the year, I believe, or he's on IR. I think he may be out for the year. But uh, Jeremy McNichols becomes the handcuff for Derrick Henry. Um, you know, he's probably going to play on passing downs too because Henry does come off the field a lot on third downs. You'd like to see them use Henry more in the passing game, but, you know, he's not really like – he can only do so much. He's not going to go out there and run an angle route on you or, you know, run a wheel route down the sideline. You know, he can only catch a screen or a little, you know, flare or flat pass, something like that, or a little, little curl. But, you know, they, you'd like to see them try to get a little more creative and get him, you know, out in the open field or get him uh, on a swing pass with his feet going, you know. Um, so maybe we'll see that, especially with uh, Darrington Evans now out for the year. You know, you'd think that the uh, maybe Tennessee, I was wondering if they would sign Le'Veon Bell because, you know, it's always good to have running back depth, and that's the main reason I think the Chiefs did that. We'll get into that when we talk about the Chiefs. But, um, you know, I thought that was a good spot for, for Bell to um, sort of help out Henry. And, you know, since they don't use Henry in the passing game, it was like a perfect fit to use Bell in the passing game of the Titans. But they passed on him. Um, so... You know, good matchup for Henry once again. Um, I mean, you know, the guys, uh, you get him inside the five, it's like almost an automatic touchdown. So, you know, you, it's it's almost like old school fantasy football with him. Uh, the old school days when you just knew that when a team got inside the seven yard, you know, inside the 10 yard line almost or inside the five, you knew they were just going to run the ball uh, three or four times just to get it in. And that's what Henry is. But, you know, Titans could also be versatile, too. As we saw last week, they did a play action. They got Jonu Smith in. And Jonu Smith looks like he's good for a good year. I mean, you know, Tannehill's using him. Um, the play action game is big. He's going to get some goal line opportunities. He's a good receiver. He's athletic. He's shown good hands so far. So looks like Jonu might be one of the better tight ends this, week, this year. Um, we'll see if Corey Davis comes back. From the COVID-19, you know, he had COVID-19, so we'll see if he comes back. You know, he's still kind of questionable. 
Um, you know, I don't know if I would use him in this game. I guess I would um, if you you know if you don't have any better options. But you know, like I said, it's he may not even play this week. So AJ Brown, you're definitely using John Henry, Tannehill, love Tannehill, and then Watson. You know, he's I have him in a a 12 team league, one league, and uh, I use him every week. You know, he's just that type of quarterback that you can rely on every week, and he really hasn't gone off yet. So, you know, he had a nice game last week, but the rushing yards have not really been there for Watson as of yet. Uh, it was good to see Cooks go off last week. It was basically an easy matchup. I mean, Jacksonville's corners and defense was all banged up. They were missing uh, Miles Jack. They were missing C.J. Henderson. They were missing a number of guys. So, you know, Cooks was running open in that zone very often. Um, so we'll see. I mean, I would I would temper my expectations on Cooks. But he is playing with a good quarterback. Um, and he might be in for a pretty decent year. Will Fuller. Fuller has scored now in three straight games. He's been great. As long as he's healthy, you know, you're throwing him out there every single week. Um, he's just been, you know, he's he's becoming one of the better receivers this year. And then we talked about the tight ends for the Texans. You know, if Aikens is going to be out, Fells is a sneaky little play. You know, the thing about Fells is he's never going to be a high-volume guy. He's never going to catch three, four, you know, I mean, uh, five, six, seven passes. Um, maybe five is his tops. You know, if you look back at his box scores, the guy always catches like three, four passes a game. Um, but he'll score two or three touchdowns. Like he'll score, you know, he'll score a lot and he, you know, he can go off for two touchdowns. So he's always a sneaky DFS play. Uh, he's going to be ultra cheap, obviously on DraftKings, So not a terrible play. And then David Johnson, you know, I'm not thrilled with David Johnson. Um, I never feel good about him. You know, if you're going to be contrarian and that seems to what, you know, that, you know, that always helps in, in uh, DFS, you want to throw David Johnson out there. You know, I'm not doing that. My phone keeps dinging, so don't pay any attention to that. Um, so that's basically it. You know, Tennessee, 4-0, 2 at home. Uh, Texans maybe a little bit better with the new coaching staff now coming off a win. It's a close game, you know, division game. It's not like the Titans have been playing. I mean, the Texans have been playing bad. All the games they played in have been pretty close. They also played Kansas City, Baltimore, and Pittsburgh, which they you know they fought pretty well in all those games. They lost to Minnesota in a tough game too, so their schedule was pretty brutal early on. Um, you know, and the Titans beat up on on Denver, Jacksonville, Minnesota, but you know Buffalo was a great win. So, I mean, you have to lean Tennessee here, but I could definitely see the Texans uh, covering this game uh, with the three and a half. And then the 53 over under, yeah, I think you like the over on it, if anything. I mean, I don't feel great about either one. Uh, I w- you know, I, w- I wouldn't feel too comfortable taking the over, but, you know, I would lean over. Um, but I would, I'm going to pass. I have nothing for sure here on Tennessee or the over in this game. Okay, Broncos at Patriots. We're starting with all the 1 o'clock games here on Sunday. Again, this game could very well be canceled. Uh, there was a COVID, another COVID-positive test for the Patriots after having you know a few tests last week. Um, 
with um, Cam Newton testing positive. So you wonder what happens here. Does the game get pushed back to Tuesday? Um, you know, worst case scenario, like I said, Schefter reported that the league is telling the Broncos expect to play. So it looks like the league's going to do everything they possibly can to squeeze this game in. Hopefully we get no more positives, but you want to have, um, you know, your team's ready just in case. If you're a cam owner, have your backup quarterback ready. Um, you know, the other positions you don't really have to worry about too much. Quarterback is the biggest thing, and then the defense and the kickers. I mean, kicker you can just cut, but defense is, you know, like I'm planning on using the Patriots in a couple leagues this week, so I got to be ready for that now. Um, but the quarterback, for sure, you got to make sure you have a backup. You know, the receivers, you know, Edelman, Harry, I'm sure you have guys you can use, uh, even the backfield, James White, Berkman, uh, Damian Harris, you have guys you can use too, I'm sure. To back up. And then on the Broncos side, you know, Drew Locke, I'm sure you have, you're not using him anywhere, really. Um, unless you're in a two quarterback uh, super flex league. And then at receiver, you know, Judy, you can find a replacement for. Phillip Lindsay's coming back from his first game. I'm sure you have a replacement. So you don't have to worry about that too much. The biggest thing is if you're a cam owner, you already have a quarterback. Because he's already been out, so hold on to him one more week. If you drop them, pick the guy back up or pick somebody else up and just be ready. As far as the game, if it does indeed play, the over-under is 44.5. New England is favored by 9.5. And, and you would expect New England to be ready, gearing to go. Uh, Belichick, I'm sure, is, you know, got this team prepared. And we just saw with the Titans... Last week, you know, it seemed to help them. I don't see why it wouldn't help Belichick on uh, the Patriots. Maybe, you know, that time off just, you know, there's certain advantages to it. So let's see if this game gets played. And then, you know, you love Cam in this matchup because Denver's defense has just been banged up all year. Um, it's not the same. And then you like what you saw out of Damian Williams um, two weeks ago, you know, it's really seemed like the Patriots have been gearing up to go to Damian Williams this year. I mean, even early in the year, using Sony Michelle kind of sparingly, like just getting ready for Michelle to kind of, you know, saying, all right, Sony, you know, that's all right. You did enough. Uh, Damian Harris was the next guy up. You kind of had that feeling. They were just waiting for him. I mean, they were talking about him in camp. He had a great camp. They were ready to use him. And then he got that, that finger injury. Uh, when I went on IR, if you held on to him, good stuff. If you picked him up, you know, a week or two ago and got him on your team, that's solid. Um, I think he's going to be pretty good. You know, he's not going to catch passes just like Michelle didn't catch passes. It's most likely not going to happen. You know, Rex and James White or James White first and then Rex will always have their role. And then, you know, Rex probably will work into the running game still a little bit with James White. But Harris is going to be the guy. He'll be the goal line guy, which Cam, you know, takes away those carries. But I do like Harris, even when Michelle comes back. I think Harris has a uh, is going to be the guy. You know, I, I kind of think Michelle's going to, you know, this is the last year for him as a Patriot. Um, depending on what happens with James White and Burkhead. But, you know, I think this is Harris's job for the rest of the year. And playing with Cam, it's going to open up holes for him. 
you know, it's still a pretty good offense. He's going to have some goal line opportunities. So uh, Harris looks like a, you know, a, a pretty decent RB2, I think, for the rest of the year. Uh, at the very least, uh, a solid flex play, despite the lack of usage in the passing game. Uh, James White came back from, you know, his father and his mother getting that horrific car accident. You know, prayers for him as he continues to navigate through all that trouble. Um, just a horrible thing. But, you know, he came back two weeks ago. He looked pretty good. Um, the Patriots went right back to him. You know, he's always been a staple in their offense. So, I, you know, I like him as a PPR play. You know, you can expect a, um, a floor of 10 points. Not bad. Rex, I don't think you can use him anymore. You know, with Harris and James White, I don't think you can rely on him anymore. But, you know, if you if you want to hold on to him for one more week, see what happens this week, um, that's fine. You know, I mean, he very well could still – I mean, he looked good. I mean, Rex, when he plays, he looks good. But this is not he looked bad. But, you know, he's, he's looked pretty good this year. So if you can hold on to him, you know, it's worth a shot. The tight end position for the Patriots continues to be – you know, a zero-sum game with Ryan Izzo basically doing nothing all year. You know, I've been waiting on their rookie from Virginia Tech, Dalton Keene, uh, who I think is their best tight end, but they, for what for whatever reason, they haven't used him yet. It must be because he's not really a good blocker. It's probably the case. Um, but he's a guy, you know, I'm going to keep saying it just to keep an eye on, especially Dynasty Leagues if he's out there. Adam, um, you know, he's a guy that I think could be a factor this year. If not, I think definitely next year he's going to be the guy. Uh, Asi Asi from UCLA, I don't think he's as good as Keen, the other guy they drafted this year. So something to pay attention to there. Edelman, yes, you're using 100. Uh, Nikhil Harry, I would even think about using. You know, he may get it, some goal line looks. He'll probably catch five or six balls this week. Um, so he's not a terrible play, but you know, his, his ceiling is, is always like 10, 12 points. There's not much upside with him yet. Um, hasn't really looked explosive, kind of goes down easy. It's very strange, but Cam likes to use him. So, I mean, he's the second receiver on the team. That's fine. Demir Bird. No, I'm not using him. Uh, then on the Broncos side. Yeah. I'm going to use Judy despite, St uh, Stefan Gilmore, um, you know, the stats are a little down on Gilmore this year and whatnot, but you know, Gilmore's still a very good corner. Uh, but I still like Judy. I would still throw him out there. He's the number one guy here. There's a lot of injuries. Tim Patrick, you know, big guy, good speed, 6'4", I think a 440 or 4540. So he stepped up. You know, I, I got to get a better look. I'll be honest, I, I haven't really studied Tim Patrick yet like I want to, but... Uh, from what I've seen, you know, I've seen him play in a bunch of games. I don't think he's uh, going to be a consistent guy for your team. I think K.J. Hamler is going to be the guy that you're going to want to add when he comes back healthy. So we'll see if Noah Fant plays, but if he plays 100%, you're going to use him, uh, the backup tight end, forget about it. And then Philip Lindsay, you know, the good thing about Lindsay is, even though they may not, be, may not be able to run in this game, he'll get a lot of usage in the passage game. So, you know, good PPR play. Uh, Philip Lindsay. So especially, it doesn't look like Gordon's going to even play this week with the illness and the DUI. I think I think Gordon is just going to sit out this week. So Philip Lindsay, if you if you know if you waited on him, he's been out with that turf toe injury. 
Uh, he's back this week, so get him in your lineups this week. And then I'm going to roll with the Patriots, nine and a half. Um, I, I take it as a pick, you know. Um, Drew Locks first came back. Um, Noah Fant may not play. No Hamlin. Defense continues to be banged up. I think it's a pretty good pick. I mean, it's a little, it's a little uh, chalky, but like I said, I think the Patriots are going to be roaring to go. They'll be, re- they'll be, they'll be ready. Um, they'll be prepared. Cam's going to be re- ready to roll. They're at home. Um, they need this game. They're two and two, so this is a big game for them. And I think they get it done. Forty-four and a half. You know, who knows about that. So I would just stay away from that. But I would take the Patriots minus the 9.5. All right, Cleveland at Pittsburgh. Uh, Cleveland and Pittsburgh very close together. This is a AFC North rivalry. Pittsburgh 4-0, 3-0 at home. Cleveland 4-1. Playing some good football of late. Their schedule... Hasn't been too bad. They got smoked by Baltimore week one. Beat Cincinnati week two. Beat Washington week three. Beat Dallas week four. Beat the Colts last week. So, you know, I mean, they're, they're getting it done. They're scoring points. Defense really hasn't been that good. Um, the run defense has. Their secondary hasn't been good. Losing uh, Greedy Williams is out on IR. That's a big injury for them. Um, but this is a tough test here. Uh, Baker Mayfield hurt his ribs last week. He's been playing a lot better. Um, I thought he's looked pretty decent. You know, he's still missing throws here and there, but, you know, Beckham's making plays. Landry's making plays, helping him out for sure. Still want to see a little bit more from him. Interesting, I was listening to Russ Tuck, uh, Tucker's podcast with Greg Cosell from NFL Films. Who's basically, you know, his whole job is just to watch film all week, every week, his whole life, which is a great job. Um, but very smart, knows what he's talking about, really respect his opinion. Um, he said that Baker's still struggling to him, despite, you know, his stats and his uptick. He still thinks Baker is struggling. So. The thing about Pittsburgh and their defense is, you know, their front seven's pretty tough. But their secondary, I think it's a little bit suspect. I mean, we saw Daniel Jones, you know, we saw Slayton get deep on him. We saw Carson Wentz kind of have a day. Travis Fulgham was, you know, 10 catches for uh, 100-something yards. Um, You know, Wentz had a pretty good day. I think their secondary is kind of their weakness. You know, if they could protect Baker and the Browns' offensive line is definitely better this year. I mean, you still got to deal with Dupree and these guys coming at you and the Steelers' defense. You know, but I think guys like Beckham, Landry, I think they're good plays. I think they can win these matchups. Um, is the pressure, how is the pressure going to affect Mayfield? I mean, that's that's something... To be questioned for sure. I mean, Mayfield definitely could have a lot of missed throws. 
Um, could have some tip balls. He probably will have a couple turnovers in this game. But at the same time, I do see some opportunities for Beckham, uh, Landry. Again, both these guys are questionable. Even Mayfield himself is questionable, but I think they all will play. This is a huge game. Huge, huge game for both teams. Well, Pittsburgh's 4-0 and Cleveland's 4-1. Not from that aspect, but just from a, a, a statement game for the Browns. You know, if they can win this game, they'll really uh, impress a lot of people, especially if they do win the game, it's going to come down to Baker Mayfield playing right. So this is a big game for him to prove a lot of his critics wrong after he's kind of been hated on um, last season after struggling and regressing after his rookie year. So, yeah, like Beckham, like Landry, um, you know, Hooper is kind of, you don't know, the Harrison Bryant, you don't know, and Ajoku's coming back now. Um, you know, another weapon for them, certainly, but maybe he kind of messes up that Hooper, um, you know, potential. Um, and then Kareem Hunt is questionable for this game, too. So he's got some kind of thigh injury. So you definitely want to stay tuned to that. I think he'll play, but definitely pay attention. Dearness Johnson would be the backup with Dontrell Hilliard. Um, I would stay away from both those guys. You know, Kareem Hunt, obviously, you're playing because the guy just, he's one of the best running backs in the league. Great out of the backfield. Makes guys miss, runs over guys. Just a really good back. Um, Nick Chubb's going to be out probably another four weeks at least with his MCL sprain or tear. I think he had a grade two or it might may have been a grade three. Probably a grade three, full tear it looks like. But he'll be back. Um you know, at least four, four or five weeks he's out. So it's Kareem Hunt. Just pay attention to that injury. On the Pittsburgh side, the biggest story is Chase Claypool last week going absolute ham on the Philly defense. So this was a guy that you know we got to get. We got to talk about this for a little while now. Um, is he legit? Is it just a one week thing? Flash in the pan? Um, no, I don't think it's a flash in the pan. This was a guy that was out there in a lot of waiver wires. He was forgotten about because Pittsburgh took that week off with that whole COVID thing. Um, they took their bye week because the Titans game got canceled. You know, and Claypool before that had a three game, three catch, 80 yard, 88 yard and a touchdown. He made another nice big time catch on the sideline. So the, the signs were there, but then everybody kind of forgot about him because, you know, he went off and then he had a good game and then he didn't do anything. You know, he didn't do it. Most of the weeks he didn't do anything because, you know, Deontay Johnson was there. James Washington was there. Juju was there and they were having good games. Um, so people kind of forgot about him, you know, and that, that was the reason I forgot about him. You know, I looked at him on tape. I, I scouted him. And I said, you know, big, fast guy, definitely has great potential. Um, you know, but I just thought he was kind of buried there, you know. And, and, and the first couple of weeks kind of revealed that, that inconsistency. But when you saw Johnson go out last week, they featured Claypool in their offense. They used him on a screen pass in the end zone, which went for a touchdown. They used him on a handoff 
in the goal line, which went for a touchdown. They used him on another handoff. They used him. They threw to him down the sideline. They used him in the slot. They used him all over the place. They line up on the left side. They line up on the right side. So they are just using this guy like he's the best player, the best receiver on the team. And he arguably is over Juju, over Deontay, both very solid receivers. Um, what I like that a Claypool was on the on the slant route for a touchdown is, you know, he gave the guy an outside jab, broke inside, then almost gave another like move. Like he he didn't need, even need to do that because he already blew past the guy on the slant route. But he gave he gave another little shimmy inside, like he was gonna run towards the corner and then broke it. It was it was slight, but he. He did it, and he probably would have did it even more. Uh, or it just shows that he, you know, it just shows that he knows what he's doing out there. He knows, you know, he he knows how to get away from these guys. So he did that little inside jab again. He ran to the post, wide open, caught it, ran past the defense, stiff armed the one guy a little bit, touchdown. Um, so that was his receiving touchdown to go along with his screen pass in the goal line and his reverse run. Uh, you know, inside handoff run inside the goal line for the touchdown. And then he caught another pass where he basically basically kind of mossed the guy, and then he freaking hurtled over him, but he stepped out of bounds or it would have been another touchdown. So, I mean, four touchdowns. Guy went off. Deontay Johnson's out once again. Brown's secondary is banged up. Uh, like I said, Greedy Williams is hurt. I think Denzel Ward is a little banged up as well. So, I mean, get him out there, man. I just traded for him. I just traded, just picked him up in whatever leagues I could. I'm sending out offers for him. Um, because, you know, the biggest reason I'm, I'm so on to him is because I slept on him. And I'm kind of pissed about that. But I really feel like, you know, the talent is there. And the, I love the way that they used him in the offense. Like, they weren't using James Washington. They weren't using Juju. You know, they weren't throwing screens to Connor. They were using Claypool. You know, they were giving the reverse run to Claypool. You know, and, and that may have been Deontay Johnson, but now that they see Claypool and how he executed those plays and how they moved him all around, especially with another week of him showing out, if he could do it again, then this this guy could be a, he's a potential league winner. So, you know, maybe I should pump the brakes a little bit. I just, you know, when a guy is four, Runs a 4-4-40, can go up and catch a pass, can catch screens, you know, make moves on screens. Is being featured in an offense like that, you just got to get really excited, especially playing in a good offense with a Hall of Fame quarterback in Ben Roethlisberger who is going to recognize that and want to feed Claypool. I mean, Ben loves to go deep, so Claypool is going to be his guy. You know, it's never really worked out with James Washington. The deep ball. I mean, I thought James Washington would be a little bit better. And James Washington still is capable of making plays. But Claypool has surpassed him. Um, and Juju's running a lot of shorter routes. Um, so I think Claypool's the guy, man. You know, he's here to stay. You know, he probably will be have some inconsistent weeks. But I think he's still going to have some big games. And I think eventually he's going to become the number one guy in this offense. Um, by the end of the year. And he's going to be a great keeper, great dynasty guy. So, you know, if your team is one and four, or if you need receiver help, or if you have depth at running back and a guy needs a running back, go look to make the deal. Okay. I think that's enough about Chase Claypool. Uh, 
Deontay Johnson, again, is out. So James Washington, I still can't use him. Juju, I would use. Um, James Washington might be a little sneaky play, you know, DFS, contrarian, but you can't use him in seasonal. Eric Ebron had a little bit of a hand injury early in the week, but he practiced fully today, so he's fine. Uh, getting the targets, still dropping passes, though, which has kind of always been his problem. He's never really fully lived up his, to his potential. You know, he was a first-round pick for the Lions, you know, what, was it, six years ago? Uh, five, six years, something like that. I mean, he had a great year with Luck two years ago where he caught 13 touchdowns. So I guess you could say, you know, he's been close, but the, he's just never been a consistent performer. Still, he's healthy. He's getting targets. You know, you wonder if Ben gets a little bit frustrated when he sees Ebron dropping passes. Um, and, you know, Ebron's that big guy that he was thrown up to. But now he has Claypool, so maybe maybe it shifts to Claypool, less Ebron. I mean, Ebron's still going to be involved, so use him. Um, and then James Conner, I mean, week one, we thought it was, I thought it was going to be the same story with James Conner. I mean, I passed on in all my leagues because I had him last year. I kept him in one league, and that ankle injury, he would just go in and out of the lineup. He, he'd play for you, and then he would get hurt mid-game. I think he did like three or four times. So he was he was risky. I mean, it's still possible, but he's been healthy so far. He's looked great. As long as James Conner's healthy, he's going to be a great producer for your team. As far as the backup, uh, Anthony McFarland, they're still kind of using him early in these games, and he's showing speed. He's their fastest guy, and he's kind of taken you know he's kind of taken away from Snell now. So he's the guy to own behind uh, Conner is Anthony McFarland, the guy you know I've been talking about all year. I like his potential. And, you know, a guy that I stashed because I thought Connor was going to get hurt again, which almost happened, you know, which happened in week one, but he came back in week two. Snell's the guy who showed out. Um, but I like McFarland. So if you're a Connor owner, make sure you go grab McFarland as your handcuff. And, you know, you're in a deeper league. I mean, I have McFarland in a couple leagues. I'll probably. I like the potential just because if he steps in, just like Pollard steps into the Dallas offense, just like Boston Scott steps into the Eagles offense, all good players going into good situations. Um, you know, so I like to stash those type of guys. And McFarland to me is 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 a is that type of guy. All right, so I think that Pittsburgh three and a half. This seems kind of low to me. You know, again, the Browns are four and one. I do like their secondary, uh, their their receivers versus the Steelers secondary, um, but I also like Pittsburgh's offense against this Browns defense. See, because Pittsburgh doesn't need to run the ball, and that's and that's the Browns' defensive strength. You know, they have a really good run defense, but their secondary is hurting, and you're going to throw Claypool out there. You're going to throw. Juju, even without Deontay out, you're going to throw James Washington. You're going to throw Connor out of the backfield. Maybe a little McFarlane out of the backfield. Ebron, Ben. So I like the Steelers in this game. I like the over in this game. And these are probably two of my favorite plays this week. Steelers, minus three and a half. And the over 51. Because I think the Steelers are going to score a bunch. And I think the Browns are going to keep up for a little bit. But you could probably bet, bank on Baker with a fumble pick, probably one or two turnovers in this game, which will probably swing the game. The Browns are going to need Ben to kind of have a shitty game. 
um, and make some mistakes for them to win this game. Like I said, if the Browns win this game, it's going to be because of Baker Mayfield, most likely. And then we're going to be talking about Baker Mayfield. Oh, shit, what is he doing? But again, Greg Cosell, the guy who watches tape every day of his life, every day of the year probably, you know, even when he's on vacation, the guy probably watches tape, uh, is saying that Baker is still struggling to him. So good sign for the Pittsburgh Steelers. At home, 4-0, go to 5-0 against the Browns. Uh, weather doesn't look too bad. They're in Pittsburgh. I don't see anything popping up, but, you know, always pay attention to that. But it looks like it's going to be about 66, partly cloudy. So good day for football. Okay, Cincinnati at Indianapolis. Bengals 1-3-1, Colts 3-2, Colts favored by 7.5, Phillip Rivers giving 7.5, over under 46.5, Burrow 6 TDs, 3 picks on the year, Rivers 4 TDs, 5 picks on the year. Um, looks like Darius Leonard is going to be out again for the Colts. Their middle, their linebacker, talented player. We already talked about Mo Ali Cox. We'll see about offensive tackle Anthony Costanza, who was out last week. He may return, which will help Rivers and obviously this running game. Um, Jordan Wilkins is also questionable uh, behind Jonathan Taylor. So you know a lot of people are on Jonathan Taylor this week. It's kind of a breakout game. Uh, because the Bengals' defensive line has three or four injuries, um, you know, so they're they've been banged up. You know, they've been missing Geno Atkins to get him back, but you know, they've been banged up. Um, we saw. We'll talk about we'll talk about um, Taylor in a little bit. Let's talk about the Bengals first. We saw Burrow struggle. Pretty much his first the first game where he really struggled all year. I mean, basically did nothing. I mean, I started him. In I think three leagues last week, two quarterback league um, was one of them, and then I had Rodgers on a bye, and then one of my one of my leagues, he's my starting quarterback. Um, I really just it's only a twelve team league too. I really just uh, just punted on quarterbacks in that league because the the free agent wire, you know, all those same guys are out there: Fitzpatrick. Actually, I don't even think Fitzpatrick's out there anymore. Bridgewater. Uh, but anyway, I kind of just took Burrow in that league, and I said I'm going to start him every week. I felt like he was an every week starter. But it appears not. I mean, Baltimore, I was like, all right, so Haskins threw for 300 against him. You know, I'm sure Burrow could throw for 300. Maybe he runs for 30, 40 yards. You know, he get that running bonus for him so that's why I kept him in the lineup and he gave me a dud but I still won two out of those three leagues even though he did nothing last week um he could have really killed me but he didn't so I kind of think that was more the Baltimore defense that gave him the problems uh AJ Green I don't know what happened something on the sideline and he was talking I don't know what's going on there. So T. Higgins kind of stepped up a little bit. Six heads for 62 yards. You know, he's looked pretty good this year. Um, running deep outs. 
He, I haven't really seen him go up and catch balls like we saw him in Clemson yet, but I think that's coming as him and Burrow get more comfortable. Uh, you know, Tyler Boyd continues to be a, a weak, consistent uh, fantasy producer week to week. Uh, Joe Mixon had a slow game. Again, tough D after going nuts the week before, but he, you know, is a good sign that he broke out. Um, so the Colts D has actually been pretty good this year. Their secondary has been pretty good. Um, although they got teed up a little bit last week, as we saw. Again, that's Beckham, that's Baker. But who did they play before that? You know, ha- has they actually looked that, that good? I mean, week one, and it's statistically the Colts Secondary, their defense looks good. I remember watching tape of them week one against Jacksonville. I'm like, this defense is not good. I mean, I mean, uh, Minshew tore them up. And they lost to Jacksonville 27-20. Then they played Kirk Cousins week two, and Kirk Cousins just had a horrific game. Then they played the Jets. Darnold. Oh, forget about that. Then they played the Bears, Nick Foles, who looks terrible. Um, again, forget about that as well. Actually, I think that was a combo of Mitch and Nick Foles in that game, right? <clears throat> but still. And then last week, Baker tore him up. So I don't think they're as good as advertised. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're not as good as the stats say they are. So I think this is a matchup where Burrow can, can take advantage of. And I think the one thing... Burrow is going to be good against his defenses. He's going to take what defense gives him. And the Colts give you a lot because they 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 play so much zone. There's going to be a lot of open windows. So that's why I like Tyler Boyd a lot in this game. Uh, Higgins is a good pick. You know, A.J. Green, I don't know what's going on with him, but I just I can't, I can't trust it right now, so leave him alone. I don't know what's going to happen with him. We'll see. You know, I thought he looked good week one, and then he kind of looked, He's, I don't know, he disappeared after that. So I don't know what's going on with him right now. So just kind of leave him on standby. Mixing, I'm using. Uh, their tight end situation, you know, Uzuma was having looking pretty good, and then he got hurt, and Drew Sample had that one good game when he came and filled in for Uzuma. But he's kind of pulled a disappearing act. But this is actually a game where I think Sample might be pretty decent. So DFS, um, I mean, he's going to be cheap. Nobody's going to own him. I feel like Sample could have a pretty nice game here against this Colts kind of soft zone defense. I can see Sample sitting down a bunch, curl routes, five, six yards, catching like six, seven passes. Maybe he catches a touchdown, puts it over the top. So like Burrow to bounce back from last week's game. The other side, uh, Phillip Rivers, I mean – he really just looks like he's done. I mean, we saw it last year, missing throws all day to Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. I mean, look what Keenan Allen's doing with Justin Herbert versus Phil Rivers. I mean, Keenan Allen looks like the best, one of the best receivers in the league again. And Rivers was just killing his potential. Or his, not his potential, we've already seen his potential. But killing his game, basically. Killing Mike Williams' game. We saw what Mike Williams did last week. Rivers probably would have overthrown a couple of those passes or underthrew it. And Rivers is, he just can't, his arm is just not there. He he threw a pass two weeks ago. It was one of the worst passes I've seen in a while. He threw an out route, and it was like kind of this start, sidearm throw, and it just like the ball wasn't even close, and it looked didn't really look like it had much on it either. 
So uh, they may be moving away from Rivers. Maybe Brissett comes in soon. You know, uh, it's possible. I mean, Brissett's arm is better. Brissett can run a little bit. He can move a little bit. Rivers can't move anymore. I mean, at all. I mean, he's really slow. I think he's slower than Joe Flacco, which is crazy to say. So, I mean, you know, Rivers is a, is a Hall of Fame quarterback. He's had an excellent career, but it's similar to Eli Manning. I just think he's I think it's over for him. I don't think he's really got much left. I mean, a little bit. Um, we'll see what happens. But, you know, I mean, this is a good matchup. He should have a good game, but he's hasn't really been great in, in good matches before. Jacksonville didn't do too much. Philly wasn't a terrible match. I mean, uh... Uh, the Jets wasn't a bad matchup. He didn't do really do much. Uh, Minnesota wasn't too bad. Jacksonville wasn't too bad. So he really hasn't done much this year, even in good matchups. Even Cleveland last week wasn't a bad matchup. He didn't do much. So he hasn't looked good. That hurts T.Y. Hilton. That's why I stayed away from T.Y. Hilton pretty much everywhere. You know, Zach Pascal, uh, Johnson. I, you know, I can't. I can't trust these guys. Trey Burton, yeah. I mean, he's getting the targets. That's where most of his ball is going to go. We saw Hunter Henry do it for San Diego last year. So, you know, any passes under 10 yards are going to be good for Rivers. Yeah, I'm surprised that um, the Colts aren't trying to get Jonathan Taylor a little bit more involved in the passing game. You know, that would be a huge for him because, you know, Rivers would love to dump off to him all day like he did Eckler last year. Uh, but, again, this was the matchup that everybody's talking about with Taylor. He's going to break out. Cincinnati's defense is banged up. Uh, Jordan Wilkins may even be out. So it's going to be him and Hines. So, you know, they get Costanzo back. That could be huge. And maybe this is the game. I mean, the thing is the Colts offensive line really hasn't looked as good as advertised this year. They really haven't opened up any holes for Taylor to run through. I really haven't seen many holes for him. You know, when he gets going – when he gets into the open field or he gets to that sideline, then Taylor really shows out. Um, you know, and he I mean he's built to run in the NFL. There's no doubt about it. He can move a pile, you know, he can break tackles. Um so we'll see. I mean, I mean everybody expects it. I wouldn't go too nuts on it, but it's definitely possible. Even if he's held even if he's held under hundred yards, he could definitely score twice. You just like to see them kind of get more creative with him in the passing game. Get him in the open space a little bit more. Get his wheels going in motion. Because uh, to date, the Colts really haven't blocked too well for him. So, yes, Taylor, no Rivers. The passing game, I'm not crazy about. Um, the over-under, I mean, 46.5. I don't know. If anything, I think I'd... It's tough to say. I'd probably lean under, but I, I, I'm, I'm nothing strong on that. And then I like the Bengals plus the 7.5. You're going to give me Burrow... Plus seven and a half, I think they get it done. You know, Burrow versus Rivers, even though their defense is banged up, I like I like the seven and a half. I think it's a little too much. I think it should be like a three, four-point spread instead. Detroit at Jacksonville. Detroit coming off their bye. Good for Kenny Galladay, who had that hamstring injury. Um, played two games prior to that. But, you know, it's always good to get that rest. Such a such a big-time player. Really thought he was in for, you know, could be like the number one overall receiver in fantasy this year. And I still feel that way. I've been trying to trade for him. Um, you know, I have him in a few leagues, but I've been trying to trade for him, and it's been tough. 
Um, you know, I think most people see the potential of him and how good he is. I mean, we saw it last year because, you know, David Blau and Jeff Driscoll coming in for their injured Matt Stafford. We saw it on Thanksgiving last year. You just kind of throw it up to Galladay and he comes down with it. Or, you know, it doesn't matter the quarterback. He's kind of foolproof. So, you know, Stafford is healthy, looking good, always had a strong arm. Galladay and him are in this in this game, you know, we saw Jacksonville's secondary struggle mightily last week against the Texans. Cooks went off. So, I mean, this could be a smashed up spot, not only for Kenny Galladay, but for Marvin Jones as well. Um, even like TJ Hawkinson in this matchup. I mean, all your Lions, basically, even Adrian Peterson, I would use. There are probably going to be some goal line opportunities for him. You know, and, and and I we talked about in the injury report, you know, um, how Swift is, you know, was a little bit banged up coming into the year. He didn't really practice too much, had some injuries. So that kind of may, may have... Um, caused the Lions to move away from him. Although they seemed like they used him, then they went away from him. You know, he had that big drop, obviously, that cost him the game. It was a week one or week two. Um, and then Peterson's kind of been the alpha. But you wonder if, you know, coming off the bye, they, they think, you know, maybe we should get see what Swift could do a little bit more here. You know, maybe, maybe we'll get him a little bit more involved. Not just the passing game, but the running game as well. I mean, you turn on the tape, Swift looks like a, a in college for Georgia, it looks like, you know, one of the shiftiest, uh, probably the shiftiest running back coming out of the draft. So, you like to see it. So, I mean, if you need running back help or if he's out there in your wire, I mean, I had to cut him. It was a 14-team league, um, and it was mostly due to the COVID situation because I didn't have Ben or Cam Newton at quarterback. <clears throat> So I wanted to keep both those guys. So I had to cut Swift. And it was like after that game where he basically had one touch. So I cut him. Um, but, you know, if he's out there, pick him up. He could be out there. Or trade for him if you need some running back help. You know, he may never be a consistent option, but he could be. And, you know, usually the Lions running backs are just fall into a black hole for the most part. And we've seen that throughout history. But... You know, you just you just want to get creative. You want to think about all aspects, and this this is something that could possibly happen coming out of the bye week. Um, maybe not this game <clears throat> so much per se, because you know the game flow kind of points to Adrian Peterson. But like I said, maybe they're going to use Swift a little bit more in the pass uh, the run game. Um, you know, Kerry Johnson's there too, but they did draft Swift pretty high, so maybe this is the week they want to see what he can do. Um, and maybe they use a little bit more in the blowout game if they, if they, you know, if this is a blowout game. Or maybe Jacksonville takes a lead on them, too. This could be a back-and-forth game. Not necessarily Lions are going to, you know, be in control this whole game. It's not like the Lions' defense is anything good at all. So the over-under is 54-and-a-half. <coughs> and, uh, you know, it's going to be a back-and-forth. Minshew probably will have a bounce-back game. You know, he didn't really like what he saw at him last week, though. You know, they now dropped four straight. He looked good week one. Um, week two wasn't bad, but the last three weeks, a little bit iffy. You know, Shark's been in and out of the lineup, which hasn't helped. He's going to be questionable again. Another ankle injury from him. I don't know what's going on with his ankle, but I saw something where he has, like, 
70 ankle injuries. I don't know, something crazy dating back to high school, which is very weird. It's almost like that Steph Curry thing where he couldn't stay healthy early in his career. He kept getting the ankle injuries. So I don't know what the issue with that is. I mean, eventually he'll probably work past it. Uh, maybe he needs to take a couple weeks off, you know. We'll see. I mean, if he goes out there this week, I mean, I guess you're going to use him, right? I mean, this is a great matchup. you got to use him. The over is 54.5. If they're going to put Shark out there, that means he's got to be healthy, right? Um, if Shark is out, then you're going to look at Chenault, of course, all day long. And then even Keelan Cole. Keelan Cole is a decent option. Eifert you can't use. You know, they haven't really used the tight end. But Keelan Cole, and uh, who's had a couple touchdowns this year, and then Chenault, who, you know, they use, like, out of the backfield. They use him on screens. They use him on short routes. He's not really going to be a deep guy, Chenault, but he's going to be, you know, He's going to be the type of guy that will catch a slant. And he, you know, he, he's pretty decent. I, what I've seen him run a lot this year is these little hesitation routes where he basically runs across the field, stops for like a second, then continues again. And then they look to see if he's open. He caught it. I think he scored a touchdown on one of them early in the year, that exact play. So, you know, they're going to use him all different ways. So even if Shark plays, you know, Chenault is still a play 100%. He's been pretty much 10 points, around 10 points a game. And then Keelan Cole, you may want to even consider. James Robinson, yes, you know, had a bad game last week. Um, but he, you know, I think I've seen enough from him where I do think he's legit. Um, you know, I think I said it in week two, week three, you know, he looks like a legit running back. So definitely a good bounce back spot for him. And then on the Lions side, we already talked about it. You know, use all these guys, Hawkinson, Galladay, Marvin Jones, uh, Peterson, a little bit Swift. I wouldn't use carry-on. I would use Peterson and then Swift because Swift's going to be the guy catching passes. You know, I think they're going to use him in that role regardless, and this definitely could be a back-and-forth game. Um, Detroit is favored by three. One interesting note here about the weather. It looks like we're going to get some 15-mile-per-hour winds with gusts higher than that. So game time, you may want to check that. You know, if the winds, I don't think 15 miles an hour is anything to worry about. But if you're getting um, sustained at about 20, if it ticks up, you're gonna, that means you're going to get gusts 20 to 30. That could be a little bit of concern. I mean, you're going to get balls getting affected by the wind then. You know, I'm not sure about, it doesn't look like there's rain coming, but, um, and it's going to be warm. But it looks like there's going to be some winds down in the Florida area. All right, so pay attention to that. But, you know, if the winds stay around 15, I think I like the over. Um, and I like the Lions, too, minus the three. I think Jacksonville goes to one and five here, and the Lions get it done. Okay, Washington at the New York Giants. Washington, one and four. The Giants, 0 oh and five. Washington got that week one win against Philly. Uh, the Giants have played tough. I mean, most of the games they've played tough except for that Niners game where they got killed. Uh, but they played tough against Pitt. They played tough against Chicago. They played tough against the Rams. And we saw another great game last week uh, against D Dallas. So, I mean, they're playing tough. They look like they're a pretty well-coached team. Their defense has shown some signs. Um, you know, they can make some plays. They just, they've lacked a little consistency. You know, their offense, obviously, they lost Barkley. They lost Shepard. Um, 
their line is really not – the offensive line is, you know, it was supposed to be a little bit better this year. doesn't look like they're protecting Jones. He's constantly scrambling out of the pocket, um, which is, you know, good because he can get out. But he hasn't – he's looked a little rattled because of it. So, you know, Washington still has a good pass rush. Um, so that's a good matchup for them against this Giants offensive line. Uh, but their defense has not really been good all year. I mean, they're basically letting up 30 points a game. 30 to Arizona, 34 to Cleveland, 31 to Baltimore, and 30 to the Rams. So you think that, you know, the Giants, uh, Daniel Jones, maybe this is the week after, you know, a pretty rough schedule. Although, he still hasn't thrown a touchdown since week one. Did not throw a touchdown against Dallas, which is which is crazy to even, you know, think about it. So it doesn't really improve against the Redskins. I mean, you like to think so. And maybe they get more opportunities on offense because uh, the Giants' defense makes maybe you know gives them a little more better uh, field position, makes some plays against uh, Kyle Allen, who looks like he'll be back for the Skins this week. We saw Alex Smith play last week, which is you know incredible. Uh, if you followed his story, you know he had that horrible injury with the ankle, and then he had that crazy uh, the surgery, something wrong with the surgery, and the recovery went wrong, and he was like almost going to die. And now these guys back on the football field, so. You know, takes a lot of courage, uh, commitment, hard work for sure to, to, you know, do what he did. So much respect, props to him, continued success for him. Um, you know, really can't complain. That's that's uh, that's great. Great job by him. Uh, you know, just the Rams were just eating his offensive line alive, so he really couldn't do too much. Uh, but let's, let's start with them first. Let's start with... Let me just shut my notifications off because these guys are going to start talking about trades and they're not going to stop texting. Um, let's start with the Skins offense. So Kyle Allen's back. Uh, Terry McLaurin was a little bit banged up. He had a thigh injury. Kind of got stifled by the Rams last week. Although they didn't really use J- Jalen Ramsey on him all game. I think it was just, you know, Kyle Allen came in, he got hurt, and then Alex Smith came in. You know, it was just kind of a it was just kind of a weird game. Um, and then he gets another tough matchup here against Bradbury, who's kind of shut down number ones. Even Cooper last week uh, did a good job on Robert Woods, um, Allen Robinson. So we'll see. I mean, you got to start McLaurin. You got to start McLaurin. I mean, the guy is. Uh, Man, he he's like a Steve Smith type guy. Quick, runs crisp routes, strong hands, makes diving catches, got speed. You just love to see it. You really love to see it. Um, but you know, tough match with Bradbury. So, you know, DFS maybe this is not a guy you want to use. But then again, everybody's not going to use him because he's going against Bradbury. Everybody's reading the damn same damn thing. And McLaurin's the type of guy that can win a matchup against any single cornerback in the league. So I wouldn't. I wouldn't be too, you know, worried about it. But maybe the injury's a little bit more than he's letting on too. You know, he does have that thigh injury. So, but I don't think so. I think he looks all right from what I've seen. So, it's all right. Um, that's it for the Redskins receivers. I mean, you can't. Logan Thomas, is, you know, everybody was talking about Logan Thomas, Logan Thomas. I don't know why everybody loves Logan Thomas. So, this is where the problem comes in in fantasy football, where it's all about opportunity. And it's not about talent. 
you have to have some somewhat of a mix. I mean, I prefer talent over opportunity because I feel like talent could overtake opportunity at any time. And that's what kind of hurts some people when they get into the fantasy game because they, they're always going for um, – well, not the fantasy, but a lot of these experts are always looking for the opportunity rather than the talent, and then they're not patient and waiting for the talent to you know, shine through. But it, at the same time, you know – Sometimes the talent with bad opportunity, the guy doesn't do anything either. So that's why you got to have a nice balance. So Logan Thomas, I mean, the guy's been on like 19,000 teams. He's not really talented at all. So, I mean, you know, maybe he'll catch three or four passes, occasional touchdown here or there. I mean, Darren Fells, Logan Thomas, give me Darren Fells all day long, right? And people were talking about Logan Thomas all day long over Darren Fells. But no, give me Darren Fells. So, no Logan Thomas. Antonio Gibson, yes. Um, you know, I think he's getting better and better each week. He's still learning how to play the running back position. I mean, the guy was a receiver. I'm not sure if he played running back in high school or whatnot. You know, but uh, in Memphis, he was mostly a receiver. Barely had any carries. So, he's still learning. He looks like a running back. So, I think he's still learning position. I think he could be a good player. You know, he's explosive as hell. He can be explosive. He can make moves. He's fast. So, you know, they're using McKissick a little bit more in the passing game, which has hurt um, Gibson. But Peyton Barber's out of the mix now, so that helps. So McKissick, I mean, not a ter- this is not really a great matchup, I don't think, because it's not like um, the Skins are going to be trailing a lot. So it's not like they're going to be using McKissick so much in the passing game. They're going to be throwing to him a lot. But again, Kyle Allen could check down a lot to McKissick too. I mean, he's getting work in the passing game, so not a – Terrible, terrible PPR play, I guess. You know, as like a second flex. Maybe he'll get you 10 points, but the upside is not really too much there. Um, then on the Giants side, you know, Slade's a little bit questionable, but he'll, he'll probably be fine. Use him, of course. Um, still can't use Danny Jones. You know, if your quarterback has a bye, you're thinking about using Danny Jones against Washington. I still can't do it. You know, the, the line's not protecting him. And, you know, what's going to change? He couldn't, he couldn't throw a touchdown against the Cowboys. He hasn't thrown a touchdown in four, his last four games. Is that going to change against the Skins this week? I don't know. Freeman looks like the number one guy now. You know, Goldman's actually looked pretty good running the ball, but they're using Freeman in the big spots, in the goal line, late in the game, third down conversions, whatnot. Um, so, yes, use him, especially in this matchup. Could get in the end zone finally. And Ingram, you know. You're throwing him out there. You know, the talent is still there. Uh, finally, you know, scored a touchdown last week. So, get Ingram in there. And then Golden Tate does not look like the same receiver to me. Um, you know, I don't think he has a, a game over 50 yards this year. If he does, it's maybe 60 tops. Um, just does not look like the same guy. He doesn't look like the same explosive guy. So, don't feel too good about that. And I think that's part of the reason why Jones is struggling. I don't think Tate is doing too much. Slayton's like the only guy. They need Shepard out there. You know, they needed Barkley's playmaking ability. So those two injuries have definitely hurt them. So maybe when Shepard comes back, we'll see Jones get a little more of an uptick. You know, Shepard could still play play receiver position pretty well. He's still young. I think he's like 25. You know, Tate is 30, 31 years old now. So um, I think he's kind of falling off. <clears throat> but they got to get more creative with Ingram. We'll see, you know, we hope to see that. Um, and then 
The Giants' defense, I think, is a good play. I think they'll get some sacks on Kyle Allen. Their defensive line is their strength. And the Giants will get the win here. I feel like this is going to be the first win for the Giants. One and five. And they will cover the spread of three. 42 and a half. No idea, but I would lean on there. But I do like the Giants. Okay, Baltimore at Philly. We got a couple more one o'clock games left. Baltimore at Philly. Lamar Jackson. Carson Wentz. Spread is 47. Baltimore is favored by nine and a half. Lamar Jackson has not really shown out this year. There was talk of a knee injury last week. Uh, I think he ran for three yards last week. So <clears throat> it seems like there's something a little bit more than they're letting on. Um, the accuracy is dipping just a little bit this year. I think what's hurting um, Jackson is, you know, they, they kind of know that Mark Andrews is going to catch the ball over the middle of the field. Marquise Brown, you know, the guy is running deep and then, He's coming back to the ball. He's finding areas in the zone for for Jackson. The deep ball really hasn't been too much there, but you know he's like he's he's running all over the field helping Jackson out, which has been good. But the Ravens haven't found a second receiver yet. You know, Miles Boykin was a guy that I felt like was going to be like Chase Claypool almost. Like you know, throw up to him, he's going to catch the ball, he's going to do all sorts of crazy things. Uh, but I've been wrong. I don't know what they do with Boykin. It seems like they just. Seems like he's I don't know what's going on. Like he just runs his route running's not that good. He even he do does get a throw to him, he doesn't catch it. So he's kind of out of sync still. Um and he's been non existent. You know, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Is it is it Jackson not really able to throw on the perimeter? Because we really haven't seen that in his career. Most of his throws are over the middle. And he doesn't really ever give Boykin a chance to go up and get it either. So that's why I wonder like is it more of Jackson? Is it Boykin? Is it a combination of the two? Um, and teams are going to start taking away that middle pass a little bit more. They've kind of done that a little bit, and that's given given Jackson some issues. Um, you know, and then if, he, if his knee is hurt, then he's not going to be able to scramble around or you know escape sacks as much and you know create plays uh, with his feet either by running, which we saw last week three yards, or just you know avoiding sacks and throwing to open guys. So we'll see. Maybe he get, maybe he's healthier this week. Maybe he just needed a week, you know, to maybe last week wasn't feeling so good. Maybe it's not a main, big issue. Maybe it's just like a slight sprain. And maybe it went away. Who the heck knows? You know, we, we really don't know. But something to be cautious of because his numbers are way down. I think he's like the number 22 quarterback in fantasy right now. So, you know. I mean, he's giving you 17 points, 20 points, 18 points. Not doing too much. You would think it would get better. And I think I think it should get better. Are they going to start taking Boykin out and moving Devin Duvernay into the lineup more? I mean, the guy looks explosive on these kickoff returns. He's a deep ball guy. Maybe they start using him on crossing routes. Maybe they start using him over Boykin a little bit more. And Willie Sneed. So a guy to look out for. Mark Andrews continues. To be a beast. I mean, he scores almost every week. So he's like the no-brainer. The running game, you know, that's the other issue too. Like, they're not really running the ball either. Like, last year, was that was a big thing for them. Ingram was running well. They were doing those read options. 
they kind of seem like they're going away from that a little bit more this year too. I mean, maybe they're trying to protect Jackson. Uh, Ingram hasn't looked good. Dobbins barely even touches the ball. Gus Edwards run, has run pretty well when he gets chances, but this is a three-headed monster, so you can't even use any of these backs right now, which is tough. I mean, the one guy I think you want to own here um, is Dobbins. It looks like Ingram might be done. I mean, it, Ingram's career, this this is probably this is his last year, so you know, Dobbins seems like the guy, and maybe they start shifting towards Dobbins as the season goes on. So, yeah, another guy that you're going to want to look to maybe trade for um, pretty soon because the season may change up. Or maybe Dobbins is out there on the waiver wire. Maybe the owner just can't, doesn't want to hold him anymore, especially after this week. If he does nothing again, you'll probably see him cut in a couple of leagues, a couple of your leagues, uh, or in your one league, how many you are in. Um, on the other side, Carson Wentz. You know, the offense has been just can't stay consistent. Injuries in the, on the receivers, injuries in the offensive line. Um, the Eagles, you know, 1-3-1. and one. They're playing tough. You know, Wentz is doing everything he can. Um, I think, you know, he still misses some throws, but he still makes a lot of great throws. He makes a lot of big plays. I mean, tra- he's making Travis Fulgham look like Keyshawn Johnson last week. Uh, and Travis Fulgham is not a bad player. Went back, looked at some of his tape from Old Dominion. Um, you know, seems just just seems like a solid guy, kind of like a Tyrell Williams. Uh, not, doesn't have the speed of Tyrell Williams, almost like a Marquez Colson, where you know he's six two, Colson was six four, but he gets up, um, high points the ball well, catches with his hands. Seems like he has strong hands, does just enough to get open, gives a little cut, you know. Does just just enough, and you know uses his body well. So, you know they're gonna roll him again this week. No Jeffrey, no Jackson. Fulgham's the guy, and I think that Fulgham may has a chance, a legit chance to be a consistent producer for this team. I think I could see him being a pretty decent receiver, and I like the fact uh, what he did last week. I mean, Wentz was just using him; he was open. He's making plays. He didn't drop any passes. Did everything he asked of him. So, you know, who knows with Jeffrey? Who knows with Jackson? But I feel like Fulgham's going to be a, um, a consistent option for this team. Uh, Zach Ertz is the other question. You know, two weeks in a row now where he's kind of dudded out. And you're wondering, you know, is this it? Is Ertz's grandpa? Is it all over for him? Um, I went back and watched you know, his last two games. And I, I don't really see too much different with Ertz. You know, he's always kind of, he had never been really a fast, explosive guy. What Ertz has always been is is Wentz's favorite target, running curl routes, running those, you know, skinny little uh, posts, uh, out routes, you know, whatnot. And Wentz just throws it to him. And a lot of times Wentz is, you know, he'll, he'll be at a linebacker or he'll be wide open in the zone. He just got so many targets. Um, and you know, you expected that with Goddard out and all these injuries, it'd be the Ertz show. So you're wondering, is Ertz falling off? I don't really think it's him falling off too much. You know, I think it's, uh, he's still getting kind of the swing of things. I think he'll be all right. And he, maybe when Goddard comes back and Rager comes back, which Rager is coming back, looks like, well, he comes up the IR next week. So we'll see if they use him. 
and week seven. Uh, their bye week is week eight, so they may wait till week nine with him, but we'll see. Um, you know, maybe when those guys come back, it opens it up for Ertz a little bit more in the zones, and he's not, you know, not being covered as much, <clears throat> especially around the goal line. But I don't see too much. I mean, maybe he's a little bit slower, but I don't see too much of a drop-off with him. So I think maybe you just got to be patient um, with Ertz and just stick it out for now. Uh, and I would use him. I mean, this is, well, this is kind of a rough matchup against the Ravens. But, I mean, do you have a better option? What are you going to do, a little Irv Smith maybe? It's possible. Uh, Miles Sanders, not a great matchup for him. Had that big run last week, but didn't do too much otherwise. Um, I don't think he had a run over five yards besides that 70-yard run. And um, that's it. So Fulgham, Ertz, not crazy about Ertz, but like I said, if you don't have better options, you got to use them. Wentz, I'm not really crazy about. Again, Baltimore secondary has been tough. Marlon Humphrey's been tough. Good secondary there. Uh, Miles Sanders, not crazy about. So your Eagles, I think the only guy I really feel comfortable with is Fulgham. And then on the other side, um, Marquise Brown, Mark Andrews, Lamar Jackson. Can't use the backfield. We talked about that. And the spread is nine and a half. I feel like Philly will fight in this game. I feel like they'll keep it close. Uh, I would lean Philly. I'd probably take, I, I don't know if I'd make an official pick, but I would lean Philly. And then the 47, I don't know about that one either. Looks like good weather, 64 degrees in Philly and sunny. Okay, Atlanta. 0-5 at the Minnesota Vikings, 1-4. Will Atlanta, much like Houston, uh, bounce back with their new coaching uh, head coach after Dan Quinn was released last week? Uh, Matt Ryan, seven touchdowns, three picks. Has looked good early in games and kind of fades off at the end as we saw them now lose twice. Um, towards the end of the game, once against Dallas, and then against the Bears. So, who do we like here? We like Calvin Ridley, of course. Guy's been an absolute beast. Route running professional. Um, puts on a display every single week. We like Julio as he returns. Will Hayden Hurst finally, you know, had that one big game. I think it was against Dallas. We had like 70 yards and a touchdown. Will Hayden Hurst finally uh, be a consistent producer? You know, I thought Hooper last year being with the numbers he did, I thought Hurst fit the mold of, you know, maybe even better than Hooper coming into this offense and really hasn't shown it yet. So, but now that I think about it, I remember when Hooper was there for the first year, and he was young. Um, it took him a little while to get going with Ryan, so maybe that's what we're waiting for. Maybe it's just maybe they just need to get a little more familiar with each other and get a little more comfortable. I think Hurst is still a guy you can rely on. You know, it's been frustrating, especially last week. I think he had one catch for like four yards, um, but last week was kind of a disaster overall for the 
for Atlanta. You know, Matt Ryan just did, looked awful last week, and that's kind of what led to the firing of Dan Quinn finally as they lost to the Carolina Panthers. Um, so be patient on Hayden Hurst. I think better games are coming. And then Todd Gurley, you know, I mean, um, nobody wants him. I've been trying. Well, I just traded him finally for Chase. I traded him and Miles Gaskin for Chase Claypool and Devin Singletary. Uh, I just felt like this was the week I had to let Gurley go. I don't see maybe this is, he gets one more good game here against the Vikings. But you know how much? How long is he going to hold up? The guy has arthritis in his knee. Um, you know he's on a one-year deal with the Falcons. They're zero and five. You know what are they going to do? Just run Gurley into the ground? Is Gurley going to want to run into the ground for an zero and five team? So I just feel like this was the week to move him. But he's been ultra productive. I mean, he's got five touchdowns. On the year, he scores. I think he scored the last three weeks in a row. Uh, looked looked a little bit better as well. Caught his most catches in the, out of the backfield last week, which was four. So I kind of like him in this matchup. Um, <clears throat> I mean, he <laughs> he still doesn't look great for the most part, but he's had some pretty nice runs. I can't lie, he looked a little bit better than I thought after those first couple games. I thought he was really toast, but. Like I said, they're 0-5. They're going nowhere pretty much. They're, I doubt their season is going to turn around. I mean, their schedule does get a lot easier. Um, so it is possible. But their schedule been, hasn't been that bad so far either. I mean, they did play Seattle. They played Dallas. played Chicago, Green Bay, Carolina. They lost every single one. Um, so I just felt like this was the time. So I wouldn't blame you if you want to move them. I mean, everybody's talking about moving them. Uh, nobody even wanted him, you know, especially two weeks ago. Then after week four and week five, and then people started to get some interest, like, okay, maybe he's legit. But anyway, I moved him, like him in this game. Um, I would use Hurst, again, Ridley, Puglia, of course. Gage, uh, Zacharias, I don't know, forget about that whole situation with Julio back now. Uh, you know, do you feel confident with Ryan now back with Julio? Yeah, new coach, I think Atlanta's going to be – <clears throat> a little bit geared to go here. So I give Ryan one more shot here this week against the Vikings. Not like the Vikings secondary has been anything good this year at all. Their defense has kind of taken a step back as they still await uh, Daniel Hunter. who does, I don't know if he's ever going to come back there. You know, they're beast uh, defensive lineman who I think he had like 18 sacks last year. Um, <clears throat> something like that. 15, 16, 17, 18 sacks. He's got some sort of uh, neck injury. And his agents telling him not to come back. So, I don't know. He may just sit out the whole year. So, that's definitely hurting their defense. Um, Kirk Cousins, you know, he doesn't look too good either. Uh, kind of looks like he's falling off a little bit as well. You know, definitely missing digs. You know, we saw Jefferson have some good games. Kind of flopped out last week. You know, Jefferson is going to be good in certain games. In certain games, he's not. You know, if he's going to be able to get open. You know, Jefferson, I don't think he's a guy that, you know, he's going to, even going back to his days at LSU, he's not going to be a guy that's consistently beating guys one-on-one, going for jump balls. Even though we saw that one game, he did that. But that's not really his thing. Jefferson's going to find holes in the zone, and he's going to make plays within, you know, the middle of the field for the most part. 
So, you know, this is a game, obviously, you can see it versus Atlanta. So this is a game that use Jefferson. Um, should have a nice game here. Should. Uh, Irv Smith, finally. Some burn last week. Four catches for 64 yards. We're waiting for that for five weeks. I cut him from, like, all my teams. I drafted him everywhere. Cut him. Got him back in a couple. So, like him in this matchup, you know, they got to realize. they got to use Irv Smith over Kyle Rudolph. And Kyle Rudolph runs, like, two miles an hour. Irv Smith was, like, 90 miles an hour. So, looks like they're going back to Irv. Dalvin Cook's going to be out. Um, a feeling, of course, no brainer. Another talking about route runners. Him and Ridley are two great, I mean, two of the best route runners in the league. Uh, then Cook's out. We saw what Madison can do. The opportunity is there. Gary Kubiak loves to run the football. Gary Kubiak knows how to run the football. And the Vikings are a running back factory with Cook. Madison and even Boone behind Madison. And they're going to mix in Boone a little bit. I wouldn't even be mad in this matchup that if you wanted to use Boone as your flex play, I don't think it's terrible. Even DFS, Boone is cheap. Good little play there too. Boone could definitely score in this game. Could get 60 yards, could break a big run. But Madison's going to be the guy. Um, He should have a very nice game. Went over 100 last week in Seattle. I don't see why he wouldn't go over 100 again here against the Falcons. This is not a a tough matchup at all. Falcons defense is not good, uh, as we all know. So, Madison, Thielen, Jefferson, Irv, Cousins. Do we want to use Cousins against the Falcons? I have to use him in one league. I mean, like I said, he hasn't been great in other matchups, but... You know, I'll give Cousins a, a roll here. I'll give him a roll. I'll, you know, he should have a pretty decent game. But then do you see Atlanta's defense step up a little bit more? A little Grady Jarrett comes out of the woodworks. Gets the Cousins, you know, maybe, maybe makes Cousins struggle a little bit here. Maybe. But I think, like I said, I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. So a lot of back and forth. So I like Cousins. I like uh, uh, Ryan in this game, you know, in the dome. So it should be fine. Um. Yeah, so <clears throat> Falcons plus four. <sighs> I'd lean towards them because of everything that's happened with Quinn out. I feel like they're going to play with a big chip on their shoulder and want to show that, you know, that they could do this without Quinn and the new coaching staff. They're be feel refreshed. So even the money line, I think Falcons is a good pick. I would take them with the spread. Could be a field goal game either way. And then I do like the over as well, 54. Um, should be a good day for your fantasy players all around. Okay, last 1 o'clock before we get into the 4 o'clock. Only two 4 o'clocks uh, this week, but we do get two Monday night games. Um, Bears, Carolina. Forty-four and a half. One and a half is the spread. Carolina is favored. Uh, let's start with Carolina. Teddy Bridgewater has looked good. He's thrown the ball well. He's throwing it with speed. He's even running a little bit. Um, the weapons are there with, with Anderson having a great season. DJ Moore finally got off the schneid last week with his touchdown. Uh, made a nice play. Uh, Curtis Samuel still a playmaker. Uh, even Ian Thomas was, I think Ian Thomas scored, but he hasn't been... Uh, reliable at all. Still wouldn't trust him. Uh, Mike Davis has stepped in for McCaffrey. Looked great. Again, Mike Davis is the kind of guy we talked about in these report. Kind of guy that can, you know, look good for four or five weeks and then he kind of fades off a little bit. But, you know, 
He's got till week eight or week nine, maybe. So keep rolling him out there, even against the Bears. I mean, the Bears' defense is tough. So this is a tough matchup for Bridgewater. You know, he's had some good matchups um, the last two weeks where he shined against Arizona and Atlanta. So we'll see. Maybe he takes a step back here. Uh, but I like what I'm seeing out of Bridgewater. I feel like he's. I feel like Bridgewater is getting better as his as his career goes on. You know, I kind of doubted him. He had that injury, which was an awful injury, but props to him. He bounced back. He's working hard, and I feel like he's he's playing better. He's he's a better quarterback uh, than he was three four years ago. Uh, he's 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 getting better. So the weapons are there. It's good. I think you know if he's your if he's your starter, you feel you know if you could find another option like a Fitzpatrick against the Jets this week, you probably want to move there or maybe even uh, maybe even a Ryan against the Vikings or you know with Julio back. But if you want to keep Bridgewater there, it's not terrible. I just you know the Bears secondary has been tough. You know, Jalen Johnson, the rookie Fuller, is tough. They got Akeem Hicks. They got you know obviously they got Khalil Mack. Um, nice defense. They've been playing tough all season. You know, they did a good job on Tampa uh, last week, and Brady won the game 2019. Um, you know, their schedule hasn't been – they played some pretty good offense, Detroit, Atlanta, uh, Tampa. So, you know, they look pretty good. I, I like what I've seen out of their secondary. They seem like they're they're covering pretty well. They're 4-1. and one. Um, So I'm not sure how I feel about – you know, Anderson and Moore this week, you know, you'd still roll them out there. You know, you still feel like they can make some plays. You know, Samuel, you know, he, people expected maybe he'd get a little more burn with McCaffrey out, get him more carries, get him a little more involved in the offense. And the coach, Matt Rule, said he wanted to do that with Samuel this week. But, you know, we haven't seen it up to this point. So I think, you you know, you still keep him on the waiver wire for now um, and on your benches for now. And then the Bears – you like what the Bears are doing finally with David Montgomery. You know, it pretty much took a three Cohen injury for Montgomery to be involved more in the passing game because when Montgomery is catching balls in space, you know, he when he gets some when he gets his legs behind him, he, you know, because the Bears run blocking has been terrible for him. Montgomery is not a bad player. You know, everybody jokes about him. You know, that you see that one meme, the, the athleticism of Sony Michelle, the speed of Saquon Barkley <laughs> yeah, it wasn't even close on a couple of those comparisons but he's a good player uh he can move piles he can break tackles he can make guys miss that's why it's good that they're using him in the passing game I mean last week I think he caught like five or six balls so if they're going to use him like that he's going to be a nice running back he may even turn into a running back one for your teams um We'll see. I mean, Cordell Patterson still being used, but he's not really doing too much. Hasn't really made any splash plays. I thought he'd make a couple splash plays right now, but hasn't done that yet. So Montgomery's the guy. Great matchup here against Carolina. Use him, obviously. Expect a good game. Uh, Carolina has not been good defending the run. Uh, we saw what Todd Gurley did to them last week. Um, Allen Robinson, even despite... The ineptitude of Nick Foles, um, who sort of looks like a mix between Joe Flacco and Phillip Rivers at this point, uh, has not looked good. But you know what? Foles kind of does just enough. You know, we saw in the Atlanta game um, making the comeback. Didn't look that good against the Colts. And then didn't look good against Tampa last week. But he did just enough. 
you know, they got the win. It was really more about the Bears' defense, though. Um, but he's doing just enough. And then, you know, Darrell Mooney is kind of overtaking Anthony Miller. You know, I think Mooney's a better player than, than Miller. You know, Miller is – he's okay. You know, he's I thought he'd be a little bit better. Uh, but Mooney has more speed. I think Mooney gets up better than Miller. I think Mooney can create more separation than Miller. Um, so I think you know Mooney is the kind of guy to own now, and he's kind of a sleepy, a sneaky guy to to keep on your teams. Um, whether Foles or Trubisky, you know, is quarterbacking this team, and I think Foles, he could lose his job back to Mitch at some point, you know, because he's not playing well. I mean, there's only so many times you could do it for, you know, be bad for three quarters and then you know put, come up in the fourth quarter. I don't, and he doesn't. It's not like he's running at all. He's not going to make a lot of plays for them. But, you know, Nick Foles could get more comfortable in the offense. And he could just get more comfortable with his receivers and, you know, get sort of a flow. I mean, I wouldn't bank on that. And I, I kind of gear toward, I kind of lean towards Mitch taking over again at some point because I feel like Mitch is the better quarterback over Foles at this point, despite Foles, you know, winning a Super Bowl a few years ago and stepping in. I just think, you know, for a whole season, I don't think Foles is the answer for the Bears. I think Mitch, I think you at least ride him out this year, you know, but we'll see. I mean, as long as the Bears are winning games, they're going to keep Foles in there, but he has not played well. Uh, but, again, that doesn't affect Allen Robinson. Robinson just goes off regardless, is consistent regardless. Um, and then Jimmy Graham, too. I mean, Jimmy Graham has been a starting tight end for your teams. I mean, you know, he made a great catch. I mean, he won the game with that catch last week. That was just a ridiculous catch so Graham has kind of turned back the clock a little bit after disappearing uh the past couple seasons he's it looks like he's like uh almost like the guy in the saints again boxing out guys making one-handed catches going up grabbing passes so you know you feel good about him in this matchup too um you know looks good and Foles is gonna the good thing about Foles is he's gonna throw it up to these guys he's gonna throw it up to Graham He's going to make, give him a chance to make a play. He's going to throw it up to Mooney. He's going to give him a chance. Um, and then that's it. You know, the, the one big thing, though, I think is the biggest thing for the Bears here is their defense. And, you know, that's that's going to keep them in a lot of these games. And that's good for David Montgomery. And that's good for also good for David Montgomery as they're starting to use him in the passing game. So I think the Bears getting points here is... I think the Bears are the pick. I feel like Teddy's going to struggle a little bit this week against the Bears' defense. Now, if Teddy does win this game, that's a great sign for his prospects going forward. This is probably his toughest matchup of the season. Uh, although he did play the Chargers in Week 3. That wasn't really a good matchup. And they did win that game too. But this would be impressive again if he could win this game against the Bears. I'd really like to see what he does this week. And that would really give me a good sign. Um you know, a good feel of what he's going to do the rest of the year. And I'd feel confident if he wins this game, I feel confident using him almost every week going forward because of the weapons and the way he's really developed and gotten better as a quarterback. But I will take the Bears one and a half. I will doubt Teddy. Once again, hopefully he proves me wrong. Uh, probably won't bet on the game, but I'll take the Bears. And 44 and a half over under, I would stay away from that because, you know, you could see the Bears – Limiting Bridgewater, and then Foles is going to limit himself regardless. I mean, they've scored 19 and 11 points the last week, so uh, 30 points the past two weeks from the Bears. 
Okay, let's start with the 4 o'clock games now. Let's get this game out of the way. Jets, Dolphins. I just traded my boy Miles Gaskin, although I owe him in a bunch of other leagues. Own him in a bunch of other leagues, so it's all good. The Fitz Magic Show was on full display last week against the Niners. Um, Preston Williams looks like he's getting healthier. Devontae Parker continues to produce. Mike Gusecki still is a fantasy producer. Miles Gaskin had his best game of the year last year. Um, you know, he's beating guys to the edge. He's catching a lot of balls. The running hasn't been there because the Dolphins' offensive line is just not opening any holes, but he's catching a lot of passes out of the backfield. And, you know, at some point you think maybe they try to spell him a little bit before they run him into the ground. Maybe use Breed a little bit more in the passing game. But, I mean, to this point, it doesn't seem like they're going to do that. Um, and I feel like Breida could be effective in the passing game, but they've kind of just you know, shied away from Breida completely. Um, but, you know, is Gaskin going to be able to hold up with all these all these looks? I mean, he's a tough guy, though. I like the way he runs. Uh, it was, you know, kind of sad to see him go, but I did get Singletary back. And, again, I got Claypool, who I believe in, and I don't, I don't think Gurley is going to be able to hold up. So I think it was a good deal. But yeah, Gaskin, Fitz, Parker, Williams, Gasecki, get them all in your lineups this week. This is a smash spot for the Dolphins offense. Um, and then the Jets, you know, pairing steps in for Le'Veon Bell. Um, I don't like it. You know, Dolphins D looked pretty good to me last week against the Niners. You know, I know Jimmy G was playing on that high ankle sprain, but I thought they were playing, they played, they were flying to the ball. I thought they made a lot of plays. Um, so, you know, who are you going to use in the Jets? Who are you going to use? Can't use Pirine. Can't use Herndon. Not going to use Flacco. I guess the one guy used Jamison Crowder, right? I mean, he's pretty consistent. Probably gets five or six balls, 70 yards. So, it's the only guy you can use. Uh, you'd hope when, um, I think Perryman played last week and didn't do anything either. But you hope when Mims comes back, maybe they get a little spark from him. You know, you like what he's seen out of Mims. Mims is a, a talented receiver. Um, very talented. Another talented rookie guy. Another big, fast guy, too. Almost like A.J. Brown, uh, you know, Metcalf, Claypool kind of mold. So that's a guy also to watch out for, too. It's a guy that can make some noise maybe for your fantasy teams uh, in the second half of the season, you know. Um just, you know, just putting, just the talent is there. You know, if you look at the waiver wire, there's only so much talent, especially in like 12, 14 teams leagues. A lot of these guys that are out there now really aren't that talented. But you got a guy like Denzel Mims who's out there who nobody's owning. Um, <clears throat> so just pay attention to him. You know, the situation isn't great. I, normally I wouldn't advise taking any Jets. Um, but, you know, Crowder can produce a little bit. So maybe Denzel Mims can do it. You know, Darnold's going to be out again probably another week or two before Darnold comes back. Um, you know, Flacco, Flacco will will hang around for a couple weeks, but uh, you know they're going to go back to Darnold once he's healthy. So love the Dolphins here. I don't know. I still don't know. I don't think anybody. I don't think there's one single Jets fan who wants Adam Gase as a Jet as a as their coach right now. Um, yeah, Chris Johnson 
is, I don't know, he's trying to prove his brother Woody Johnson wrong or something, or he's trying to save face with his Adam Gase hiring. I, I don't know what it is. I mean, if they lose this week, this might be the week. If they if they really get spanked by the Dolphins in Miami, this has got to be the week he's got to go. Right? I mean, maybe they're saying, all right, let's give him one more week against his former team. If he can't get it done this week, then he's got to go. I Let's hope so. Let's hope the Jets lose by 35 and Gase is gone. And then Chris Johnson and Woody Johnson say, you know what? We've had enough of this team. Let's sell it. Let's give it to Gary V at a discount. And the Jets can finally turn around. This franchise has been nonstop suffering ever since the buff fumble. I've lost all faith in this team. So Miami 9.5, I will take them. And the over under 47 seems a little high. Um, probably would take the under, but I'll stay away. Packers at Tampa. Great game here. Four o'clock. This is the game you want to be watching at four. Unless you want to tune into the Miles Gaskin show. Or Devontae Parker. Or Preston Williams. Ryan Fitzpatrick. If it's Magic show. It's up to you. But um, Packers coming back from the bye. 4-0 on the year. 2-0 on the road. Bucks 3-2. 2-0 at home. Losing to the Bears last week at home. Uh, their other loss was to New Orleans week one. Their three wins are against Carolina, Denver, and um, the Chargers. Packers favored by one in this game. 55 and a half is the over-under. We talked about Mike Evans being okay, and we talked about Chris Godwin coming back fully healthy for this game. So, um, you know, O.J. Howard is out for the year, but the Bucks will have all the weapons at their disposal. Uh, okay, learn, learn, Leonard Fournette is also going to be a game-time decision. So, again, it could be Rojo, McDowell's. Um, even if Fournette plays, he's probably not going to get a ton of looks coming back from the first week of the injury if he's going to be a game-time decision. So, you're rolling Rojo out there again. He's running well. He's still dropping passes. I mean, he made that one catch last week, though, and they blew the whistle. It should have been a touchdown. Um... But he's run well. I mean, he just needs to be a consistent catcher out of the backfield. I mean, the the week before, I think he caught like he dropped like four passes. But he's his running has been great. He looks great out there running. So roll him out against the Packers. Godwin, Evans, uh, Gronk. You know, two for fifty two last week, and they really didn't use him to the end of the game. They were throwing to this guy Hanson, uh, and they were throwing to freaking Bray again. Bray just you know is the guy that pops up every single year. Um, so, you know, will Gronk start to get into a groove with Brady again at some point? You'd think so. I mean, I don't think Gronk really looks much different than he's, he's looked. I mean, he's still that big, lanky dude. You know, he's never really been an explosive guy. Um, you know, he's definitely fallen off a little bit, but he's still, you know, maybe it's just going to take him and Brady a little while. Uh, to get into a little, you know, flow here. Maybe, you know, with Godwin's and, and uh, Godwin coming back now, uh, maybe it opens up things for Gronk a little bit more. But again, I don't know why they're throwing a Hanson and Braid so much. I mean, you know, I don't know what's going on. So it's tough to say. I think you hold Gronk for a couple more weeks. You see what happens. You try to be patient with it, and hopefully, um, that Gronk Brady connection resurfaces a little bit. Uh, but yeah, using Brady, using Rojo. Uh, Fournette, if he comes back, even if he plays, I don't think you can use him this week. Um, you got to wait and see on that. Um, 
Godwin, Evans, um, and maybe I'd use Gronk. And if you want to use Bray as like a sneaky sneak play, maybe. And it seems like he always is scoring a touchdown. Um, he, he has these windows every year, like in the middle of the year, where he scores like three or four or five touchdowns. And then he does nothing for the rest of the year. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, you know, I got him for a dollar in an auction league, keeper auction. Uh, you know, I put him out there for a buck. I didn't really even want him. And nobody even bid on him, so I ended up getting him. And he's been great. 13 touchdowns. I don't think he's throwing a pick all year. Uh, he's looked great, even with, you know, the Packers doing nothing to help him in the draft. And it seems like, you know, he's he's kind of like that kind of sparked him and made him mad and woke him up a little bit. Especially when they took Hurts, I mean not Hurts, um, Poole, uh, Jordan Love uh, as the backup out of Utah. So, you know, he gets Adams back this week. I'm not sure about Lazard. I think Lazard is still questionable. Um, you know, Scaling stinks. You know, Robert Tanyan uh, has stepped up. Uh, Jay Sternbrack, the burger, has caught some passes. He's still got Aaron Jones to throw the ball to. Jamal Williams, he can still throw the ball to. So <coughs> he's utilizing all his different weapons. Um, the one thing about Robert Tanyan is I notice is he's basically running free in a lot of these plays. And maybe with Adams coming back, that helps him run free even more. But I do think that defenses are going to start paying a little more attention to him because you know he's basically been uncovered on a lot of these plays. Uh, I don't think Tanya's an overly talented player. I think, you know, he does what he needs to do, gets to the spot, catches the ball. That's about it. I don't think he's going to, you know, you know, be a guy that's running past dudes or, you know, using his route running or jump, make, you know, jumping over dudes, stuff like that. Um, so I don't think, I don't think, you know, you found some huge diamond in the rough here with Tanya. Um, but playing with Aaron Rodgers, you know, playing with the way he's playing, um, and certainly he trusts Tanyan at this point, so you got to feel comfortable, you know, um, at this point using Tanyan on your team. Um, but that, you know, that could very well change. He could, he could kind of fall off a little bit as the season goes on. Just be aware of that. But for now, yes, use him as he stay, he's hot right now, so keep going with him. Aaron Jones continues to show uh, he's one of the best backs in the league. He's, you know, really come up. I mean, like two or three years ago, he was splitting carries and you always saw, you know, it was him and Jamal Williams, and I think they had, there was another guy there too, but they were splitting carry, and you're like, what's going on? Because Jones looks like the better guy. But he never really got the opportunity. And then last year, it kind of just blew all out. He went nuts. Then this year again, and he made it insane. And he, the guy's a great – he can catch the ball out of the backfield ridiculous too. I mean, the guy went up last – two weeks ago, he caught a ridiculous pass. Like, so crazy athletic, good running back. He's a fantasy winner at running back. Kind of like one of those unheralded guys that you draft, and it just pays huge dividends. So it looks like Jones is rolling that for fantasy owners once again. Mm. Um, and this is a great game, I, but I do feel like the Packers are the better football team. Um, I just feel like, I don't know, I don't really like what I've seen out of the Bucks too much. I do like Brady's fight. He's fighting back late in these games. Um but I do like what I've seen out of the Packers a little bit more. I like their defense. You, know, you got Jerry Alexander. You got um, the linebackers are solid. Um, so I do like the Packers in this game to win. Minus the one, even though it's on the road. The 55 and a half. Um, 
Definitely could see that going over or just on there. He'll probably stay away, but I do like the Packers and the Bucks to go 3-3. Three and three. I think there's just something a little bit off with the Bucks. Again, that could have been Godwin out hurt the last couple of weeks, so maybe his return kind of gives them a big boost. Um, I just think the Packers are a better overall team, um, and I think they get it done here. Oh, the other thing about this game is, just like the Jacksonville game, it looks like there's a little bit of wind here too. Um, so just be aware of that. Again, 15-mile-an-hour winds with the gusts. You're going to want to check that. Again, 15-mile-an-hour winds, if it's just – that's the sustained winds, that's not too bad. But if it pumps up to 20, 25, that's when you start to get concerned because then that's sustained – and then you get the gust that could hit 30, and that could be a problem, which would, you know, you know, both of these quarterbacks got strong arms still. So, you know, may not affect them too much, but still, that's still a little bit dangerous. So that would affect the total, <coughs> and that would affect the deep ball, of course, and the overall passing game. So just pay attention to that Sunday morning. Okay, Sunday night football, Rams at Niners. Um, a little bit of wind in this game too, 15 mile an hour winds, I guess, in this one. Um, nice and sunny though, but again, the winds look like they're kicking up. So again, something to pay attention to, probably not a big concern, um, but just something to watch. The Rams 4-1, the Niners 2-3 coming off that horrendous loss, getting blown out, getting embarrassed by the Miami Dolphins at home. The Rams, um, their only loss was to Buffalo this year, which is barely a loss, too. They technically could have won that game. If you remember, Josh Allen got that pass interference call. I think it was against Gabriel Davis, and then the next play threw Tyler Croft a touchdown. So no shame in that at all. Dallas they beat, Philly they beat, the Giants they beat, the Redskins they beat. So not a great resume of wins. But still, I think the Rams are playing pretty good football overall. Uh, mm. Goff has looked pretty accurate at times. Um, you know, when that play-action game is going, uh, they look the best. Um, and they look the best when Daryl Henderson is running the football. So, you know, Daryl Henderson had that week off uh, against the Giants. You know, they, they looked very stagnant in that game, the Rams. Uh, they kind of worked away from Henderson in that game. They went back to Henderson last week. He did his thing again. I think he had two touchdowns last week. One was running, one was catching. He ran a nice little angle route, and that's something that Malcolm Brown simply cannot do. That's something that Cam Akers can do, and we saw Cam Akers, you know, return last week. Um, you know, didn't do too much, but had a nice. Actually, that one run that he had, I think it was like thirty or forty yards. That was a nice run. I got to give him credit. Uh, but coming into this year, I wasn't really an Akers guy. Didn't think. I think he was a little overrated, um, and I thought Henderson would be the running back of this team and eventually that seems like it's panning out and I feel like Henderson is even though this is sort of still a mix Henderson still is the 1A guy um you know everybody was kind of uncertain last week after Brown I said stick with Henderson you know the tape shows that McVay's not stupid and they stuck with Henderson he got the majority he scored the touchdown so I think they're going to keep using Henderson for the most part but they're going to probably mix in Akers a little bit more this week um, even McVay said it. I think he was impressed with that run, obviously, too. And maybe Brown finally gets starts to get phased out a little bit this week because what's he doing? I mean, he's running 
you know, three, four yards. He's getting nine carries, like 22 yards. He's not doing anything in the past game. The explosiveness is not there. You know, so they're going to kind of phase, and then Henderson can get in in the goal line. They don't need Brown to do that. So it's going to be Henderson and Akers, uh, but I still think Henderson for the rest of the year, uh, despite the, you know, Akers coming back, I still think Henderson's the better player, the better running back, and he's still going to be the 1A guy in this in this on this offense. So get him in your lineups. And if, you know, he's still a good guy to trade for. I mean, you could have traded for him last week at a value. Now it's a little bit higher, but still – but all the noise and fantasy circles still talking about Cam Akers' return and Cam Akers is better and Cam Akers is going to take the job from Henderson or this is going to be a mixed backfield. We don't know what to do with this backfield. There's a lot of fantasy people saying that. It's still a good time to go get Henderson if you can. Okay. Uh, Cooper Cup continues to do his thing. Always been talented. Just had to be patient with him. Had a slow start, but he's always been talented. Gerald Everett overtaking Tyler Higby now. Uh, Everett's the better player. He was the better player last year, but Everett was hurt last year, and they went to Higby. They got really creative with how they used him. It wasn't like Higby was, uh, you know, running double uh, um, double moves on guys or, you know, running past guys, but they were using him on a lot of screens, delayed routes, uh, throwing to him an open in the goal line area. So, Higby just took full advantage of his situation last year with Everett out. Now Higby is kind of getting phased out again. Everett's kind of being phased in, although not really because Everett played like, uh, I think he ran like eight routes last week, but he hit, caught four balls for 90 yards because Everett is great after the catch. I mean, he can make plays. He's not great, but he's good. He can make plays after the, after the catch. So I think, you know, McVay seeing that again, I think he realizes that Everett gives him a little bit more. So we may see, although Higby's probably the better blocker too. So it's still going to be a mix. But uh, Everett's a guy that if he's out there, especially in this world of tight ends, you should probably grab. And just based on, you know, this could be the week where the Rams kind of start pumping him up a little bit more and going forward as well. Um, Robert Woods, of course, you know, great play, playmaker. They're still going to use him in a variety of ways. They're going to throw screens to him. They're going to give him runs because he's, you know, the guy can make plays with his feet. He's not just a receiver. He's actually a pretty good runner too. Um, and then Goff, you know, he's never really going to be an explosive guy for you, uh, but he's not a terrible quarterback to have, especially, you know, if you want to use him this week against the Niners. They're still banged up. Sherman's still not coming back. Uh, Quan Alexander, all these guys, even Mosley's questionable, the other cornerback. Um, so they're still banged up. They're a bit, they've been a hot mess. They're kind of have a Super Bowl hangover. We're seeing that again from the runner up. Um, and the, you know, the Rams are just playing better football at this point than the 49ers. Um, is it possible? It's a division game. The Niners are home Sunday night. You know, they just got embarrassed against the Finns. The 49ers are going to be very, very motivated. The public is going to be bet on the Rams big time. Um, you know, it's not like the Rams, they're playing, they're the better team. They're playing pretty good football, but again, they beat Dallas by three. Okay. They beat Philly. They beat the Giants and they beat the Skins. They lost to Buffalo. They played Buffalo tough. Um, but Buffalo's been playing a lot of tough games. Their defense hasn't been as good this year, but still, I still think the Rams are playing good football and four and one is four and one. Um, does Jimmy G, is he is he all the way back from the ankle injury? Uh, the Debo, another week off. Uh, 
Brandon Ayuk, you know, there now. Kittle a little more healthier. Mostert a little more healthier. So you could see a situation where the 49ers offense gets going more so in this game too. Uh, that's why I kind of like the over 51 and a half. I feel like this game could be a back and forth shootout. I feel like the Niners will, will are going to be a little bit healthier. They'll be a little more cohesive. They'll be a lot more focused. Um, so this is a tricky game. You know, a lot of people are going to be on the Rams to win, but it's a tricky game. So I'll stay away. I'll, I'll just lean towards the over more. And this will, this will be a good football game to watch uh, for sure. So Garoppolo, don't think you can use him this week. But uh, Debo, I think you got to wait one more week too. I, uh, yeah, I don't know either. Um, you know, Kendrick Bourne can mix in there too. Um, you know, it does seem like it's a, it's it's a, the Niners offense will have a pretty good game. So it's kind of contrarian to play those guys. So I don't see that as a bad move. Um, I can definitely see all those guys performing, especially Debo. He's been silent. People have kind of forgotten about him. He could have a blow-up game here. Um, Moster is the one guy, 100%. I mean, he's just, every time he's on the football field, just looks great. Came back from that MCL injury. People were kind of wondering how much he would play and just look looked like he didn't, you know, had no injury at all. And then Kittle, you know, of course, no-brainer. So great football game here on Sunday night. We'll, we'll, we'll watch and enjoy, and we like a high-scoring game. Watch that win, too, on uh, Sunday night. Okay. Monday Night Football, first game at 5 o'clock. That's pretty cool. Going to be on Fox. Wish Gus Johnson would come back. Call some NFL games. Nothing better than listening to him. Um, 57.5. Chiefs are favored by 4.5. Both teams coming off losses. Their first losses of the year. Chiefs lose to the Raiders. And the Bills lose to the Titans. Getting blown out. It was just... It was a bad game for the Bills. I mean, it started with that uh, pass that got... You know, Andre Roberts couldn't catch that 97-mile-an-hour fastball that was thrown a little bit behind him. Should have probably... You know, he should have caught it. Um, but it's Andre Roberts. You know, it's Josh Allen throwing the ball 9,000 miles an hour. So... I got picked from there, and it kind of went down hit a little bit. Their defense, their defense really hasn't been good all year. I mean, the Bills' defense has kind of been a disappointment. They let up 28 to Miami, 32 to the Rams, 23 to the Raiders, and now 42 to Tennessee. Um, you know, even with all those injuries, Tennessee was very good on offense. You know, Khalif Raymond, Nick Benton, Nick uh, Westbrook, he didn't have Davis. He didn't have Humphreys. Um, he's still doing his thing. you know. But he did get Brown back, which helped. And Joan, who got in the mix. Henry didn't do too much on the ground. But, you know, again, inside the 5 or inside the 10, the guy's going to score all the time. So that's where his, he makes his money for your team. Um, yeah, it was just kind of a weird game for the Bills. So then the Chiefs, you know, their defense, uh, you know, I mean, I guess I got a little too giddy on them after they faced uh, Brian Hoyer and Jared Stidham the week before against New England. But, uh, you know, they did a pretty good job on Lamar Jackson, too. So I was like, all right, well, this Chiefs defense, you know, they're going to make some plays. They're going to get some sacks. we get some picks, you know, against the Raiders. And then the Raiders just absolutely just tore them apart. You know, Henry Ruggs catching deep balls. Um, you know, Josh Jacobs did his thing. He didn't have a big yardage game, but, you know, two touchdowns. Um so, you know, cars get – the thing about the Raiders is their offensive line is just going to give 
is a big, big piece of that team. And I really think they slowed down that Chiefs pass rush, and that was the big difference in the game, you know. And then, you know, obviously Mahomes was asked to do a little bit too much. Usually he comes through in those spots, but he threw a pick, and and uh, they just couldn't, you know, it was just one of those games. You know, they, a lot of people thought they'd go undefeated, but, you know, props to John Gruden. The guy's a legit coach. I mean, we he, he's been around for a long time. A lot of people doubt him. The guy won a Super Bowl. Um, he knows what he's doing. He won a, he lost his, he, well, yeah, he won a Super Bowl with the Bucks, and he could have probably won a Super Bowl with the Raiders, too, if it wasn't for the freaking tuck rule. So, even though that was years ago, the guy still knows what he's doing. And he's got Carr in the system, and Carr really has looked a lot better with Gruden. Uh, and now they got the weapons with the rugs, and they're going to get Edwards back. Edwards is going to be out, I think, another week. Uh, or two, but he's another guy. He might be out on your wire. That's another rookie receiver with Hamler, with uh, Mims to pay attention to because another talented, talented guy that people gave up on that, you know, preseason, before the season, everybody's talking about Brian Edwards. You know, I, you watch the tape from him at South Carolina. It looks like a mini, you know, looks like another uh, coming of Anquan Bolden. Um, so be patient on that. You know, that's another guy that could have a big year second half of the season for sure. Especially as, you know, he's he's getting smarter too and he's you know, he's he's gonna learn the offense more uh by sitting out too, so that's fine. You know, we saw rugs what he did, you know, people forgot about him and bam, he went off. Lost the guy, caught another bomb, big game from him. Jacobs looks good, Waller of course. Uh why am I talking about the Raiders so much? This is Chiefs Bills. So Watkins is gonna be out. Hardman, yes. Although Demarcus Robinson will probably mix in a little bit, um, but yeah, Hardman, even Robinson, you you could use in this game. Kelsey, of course, um, you know Mahomes, of course. What the hell? Not even worth discussing. And the biggest thing here now with the Chiefs is they acquire Le'Veon Bell. So Clyde Edwards-Helaire owners are very worried that, or some people are, some owners are worried, and some fantasy analysts are saying that. You know, Le'Veon Bell is going to take 50% of the role or could overtake Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. But I think people need to pump the brakes on that. I think the move here, and I expected this was the probably the biggest spot I expected them, Bell, to go to because later I thought about the Titans because they lost Darrington, Evans, Darrington Evans. But I thought the Chiefs was the best spot or one of the most likely spots for Bell because their backups have not been good. Darrell Williams has not been good. Darwin Thompson's been a disappointment. Um, Dwayne Washington was promoted from the practice squad and then didn't even play last week. So um, this is not – the Bell signing has nothing to do, in my opinion, with uh, the lack of play from Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Everything I've seen, and I've watched pretty much all his snaps, from Hilaire has been fine. The blocking really hasn't been there in the run game. Um, even in the past game, when they've got him in the past, there really hasn't been any big opportunities for him. Like, even when he catches a ball, he's usually surrounded by like three or four guys or two or three guys, and he's usually making a guy miss. He's made a lot of guys miss this year. He's broken a lot of tackles. Um, and there really hasn't been that many holes for him either. The one knock, I guess you could say, is maybe on uh, short yardage and goal line. It was like most of those goal line carries came in that week one game where they were blowing the Houston out and they were just, and then Houston knew they were going to run up the middle. 
they knew the run was coming. The, the, they were not going to pass. It was, you know, so I think like four, like four of those came on that. So I'm not too worried about Hilaire. I think Bell, this is more of a depth move, if anything. Um, he's not going to play this week. Um, he may play next week. We'll see. But even if he does, it's going to take him a few games to get accustomed to the offense. And he's, it's not going to be a 50-50 split. I just do not see that happening. Hilaire is still going to be, I think it's going to be about 70, 65, 35, maybe 60, 40 at the, at the worst. So Hilaire's still going to be the guy. It's not like Bell's going to come. I don't think Bell's going to be the guy coming in on the 5 all the time or the 2 even or inside the 10. They're still going to use Hilaire there because Hilaire is still a very good running back. People forget how good this guy is. He's still very highly skilled, and he's got more juice than Le'Veon Bell at this point. Le'Veon Bell can still, you know, he can still make some guys miss. He can still catch the ball. You know, he's still pretty decent in the open field. But he's not the same guy he was with Pittsburgh. He's not, it's not that's not the Le'Veon Bell anymore. So, he's 28. He's got a lot of miles on him. He's taking a lot of hits. He's had a lot of injuries. Just came off a hamstring injury. Um, so, he may not even last the whole season. So, if you're, if you're a cheat, uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, C-E-H, just stamp. Don't listen to the trade offers. Don't panic. He's going to be similar to the guy. And you know what? He may even be better than he was early in the year because he may start scoring touchdowns. The opportunities just haven't presented themselves yet. The holes haven't been there. The, the, the room in the passing game hasn't really been there. And even like in the red zone, it really hasn't been there too much. So be patient. On the flip side, if you want to go get Hilaire, now is the time because his owners are going to be down on him. Um, especially if he has another rough game this week, then his, 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 you know, it's not going to be because of Hilaire. It's going to be because they're not really blocking for him and whatnot. But I feel like this could be a big game for him because, um, well, let me just, let me just talk about trading for him. But yeah, go try to trade for him because I have full confidence he's still going to be a very solid and could still be an RB1 for your team. So the value is now. Um, but I do like him in this game because the Bills' defense is not doing a good job. They're going to let up a lot of points. I feel like Hilaire could be nice in the passing game here. Um, so, like it, like it, like it. Again, Hardman, Kelsey, of course, the whole Chiefs. You've never seen any of these guys. Even Demarcus Robinson, Watkins is out. And then Buffalo, Josh Allen, of course. Um, you know, Diggs. Uh, John Brown is back this week, so get him going. Uh, again, he had the calf injury, which is kind of a lingering injury, but then they said it was a knee, so I don't know if it's a knee and a calf. But either way, he's playing, so got to get him in this matchup. Even Gabriel Davis I would still use, even though John Brown's back. He's playing in four wide receiver sets. You know, might could bust out, but I think the floor is like three for 30. Again, he could have scored a touchdown last week, got called back because um, of a, a line shift by Buffalo. Um, so that was another thing. Uh, Beasley didn't do much in the first half, but came on in the second half. You know, get all these guys in. This is the type of matchup. 57 and a half has got to be the highest total of the week. Um, and the Buffalo tight ends, still nothing. I mean, Dawson Knox, Tyler Croft, you can't use these guys yet. The backfield, like I said earlier, I just traded for Singletary. Uh, Zach Moss comes back this week. 
TJ Yeldon played good last week. You wonder, this would really suck. It was his first carries of the year. But you wonder if Yeldon stays in this offense now after what he did last week. Kind of earned more playing time, in my opinion. <clears throat> now that I think about it. Um, but maybe not. But two, no, a couple things could happen here. Singletary could, you know, just stay the one guy. Uh, Moss comes back, you know, gets his usual carries. Uh, Yeldon gets mixed in a little bit. Or Moss doesn't play much his first game back. Yeldon's used again with Singletary. The good thing about Singletary is he's still the 1A. He's still going to be the main guy catching balls out of the backfield. You know, the yardage really hasn't been there. There hasn't been many holes. Buffalo hasn't opened many holes. The thing that Singletary's not going to do either is score a lot of touchdowns unless they come from the passing game. But you know, this is a game where you probably could use Singletary and feel pretty good about it because it should get a lot of work in the passing game. You can't use Moss, can't use Yeldon because you don't know how they're going to use those guys. The only, get, the only guy you can use is Singletary right now. But great game. Five o'clock Monday night. Uh, both teams coming off <coughs> a loss. Bills getting five. I don't like the way the Bills' defense is playing. They've been getting torched. Um, but the Chiefs' defense got torched last week too. But again, I think that was mostly a result of you know the the Raiders' offensive line. <clears throat> but at the same time, Josh Allen's going to break pressure all day long, and he's. I don't know if he's going to stiff arm Chris Jones, um, Frank Clark. Might have a little tough time with that. I think you lean Chiefs to win this game. I would take Buffalo with the points, uh, and I would take the over. Definitely could get into the 70s this game. Great game, though. What a game. So 2020 is bringing us some gifts. Brought us two, two Tuesday night football uh, and two nights of Monday night football. And we might even get another... Monday or Tuesday game if that Patriots game gets moved back. Okay, Monday Night Football, Arizona versus Dallas. We saw Dak Prescott suffer a gruesome injury with his ankle turning sideways. Initially, maybe we thought it was a cramp, but then you look closer and you saw how bad it was. Uh, but the good news is he had a successful surgery. He'll be back in four to six months ready for next season. Continue uh, best in prayers for him. Um, so Andy Dalton steps in in a great spot in his first game as a starter for the Cowboys. Arguably his best offense around him. You know, he did have some good offenses back in the day with A.J. Green and, um, you know, a good running game with Corey Dillon and guys like that. And, uh, you know, Tyler Eifert back in the day when he was actually pretty good. Um, so, you know, did throw for 30 touchdowns, did a couple 4,000 once in his career. I think it was 2013. Uh, go check out fantasysavvy.com if you want to see what I wrote about him, but we'll talk about it a lot here too. Um, four, two 4,000 yard seasons. Um, so this is a good spot going forward. Do you want to go crazy and drop a Brady or a Breeze for him? Um, I don't think so. Maybe a Ryan, maybe a Burrow, maybe, uh, um, a Bridgewater, um, but still, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta, you know, we know, we know who Dalton is. You know, he's gonna make some big plays. He's gonna give guys chances, but he's gonna make a lot of mistakes. So if you're in a league where you aren't getting penalized for, you know, interceptions or fumbles, I'm in a one league like that where I'm using him this week. 
I don't get penalized for any turnovers in that league. So he throws three or four picks, has a couple of fumbles. As long as he had 300 yards and two, three touchdowns, that's fine by me. Um, and this seems like a matchup where he could very well do that. But going forward, just, you know, be careful because he could definitely have those 200-yard games, one touchdown, two picks. You know, he's going to probably have some games like that. But then again, you know, the Dallas defenses look so terrible. So he may be in shootouts all year. But you have to think the Dallas defense, as they get healthier, um, Van Der comes back, their corners come back. They'll probably be playing a little bit better defense. They may stick to the running game a little bit more, a little more Zeke. Uh, get Pollard involved a little bit more. So just temper your expectations. Don't go crazy. He's not going to put up Dak-type numbers. Um, Dolan's just not going to do that. You know, he, he he's probably going to have a pretty nice rest of the season. But, again, just chill out. Don't go too crazy. We have to think about talent and opportunity. We can't just think about opportunity. Um How does it affect Cooper? How does it affect Gallup? How does it affect C.D. Lamb? Uh, you saw that he kind of liked Lamb, you know, in the middle of the field. You know, Cooper had a rough game. Again, he was being guarded by Bradbury, so it's tough to say. Uh, he threw that one ball up to Gallup. You know, you kind of knew that was coming. You know, you were, I was kind of calling for it. You throw it up to Lamb or Gallup there, and Gallup makes that play. Um, he's probably going to give Gallup some chances. I mean, Dalton kind of likes to do that. So maybe it helps Gallup a little bit. I still think Cooper's fine. I still think Lamb's fine. I think all these guys will still be pretty productive. You know, he's going to be hitting Cooper a lot because Cooper's going to be open a lot, especially on curls and slants. And, you know, Cooper's going to make guys, you know, create separation. So Cooper's going to be the guy that's open the most. You know, you like from the Gallup aspect because he might give Gallup some more chances. Um, So, you know, I don't think that changes too much. And then CeeDee Lamb's going to be open in the middle field a lot too. And he'll, you know, he'll, he may get some more deep shots too. Um, Dalton Schultz, how does it affect him? I think that may hurt him a little bit, but we'll have to wait and see. Uh, I think he had one catch last week, so he fell off after you know having a pretty good season up until that point. Um, I, it helped Zeke. I think it helps even Pollard a little bit. Does Pollard become a flex play? Probably not, but still, if you're a Zeke owner, you should have Pollard on your bench 100%. Even if you're not a Zeke owner. I mean, I hold Pollard in a couple leagues just because he's such a great backup. Uh, talented guy playing in a you know high-octane offense. But the offensive line is banged up. They have some injuries for the year. So, you know, just temper your expectations for Dalton a little bit. On the other side, the Cardinals, um, you know, they struggled the two weeks prior. They lost to the Lions in Carolina. Uh, of course, they're going to beat the Jets. But you like to see that. You know, Murray was going a little bit deeper this week. You know, he threw deep to uh, Hopkins, which was good instead of all those freaking comebacks and curl routes, short passing routes, you know, the five wide quick throws. That's all you were kind of seeing. So you'd like to see them kind of, you know, maybe go three receivers instead of five receivers all the time and get some deep crossing routes or streak routes. Let Murray throw down the field a little bit more. Isabella or a little Kirk, a little Hopkins, you know, so that was good to see. Um, so, yeah, get... Get Hopkins going. Um, of course. Okay, lost my train of thought there. My son just called me. FaceTime. Anyway, um, yeah, Hopkins, of course, no brainer. Uh, Kirk, yeah, Kirk. You'd like to see Isabella get a little more involved in the offense. Um, they're still kind of hesitant in using him. 
You know, so he's kind of the, you know, they got Fitzgerald there too, which you can't use, but, you know, he's kind of being used behind Fitzgerald too. So, you know, Isabella is just, he's talented, but they're not really using him. So you got to just, you know, stay patient if you're an Isabella owner or Isabella truther. Um, I picked him up everywhere. I spent a little too much fab on him, went a little crazy. Then I had to cut him because you got to make moves. You got to constantly fluctuate. But, you know, he still could be a good fantasy producer for your team. Just got to be patient at this point. But you can't use him or Fitzgerald in this game, and they have no tight end to speak of. Drake, um, you know, finally gets into the end zone last week. I thought he actually looked a little bit better. Of course, it's the Jets, so it's tough to say. But I did think he looked a little bit better. Last week, so that early uh, injury that he suffered in the preseason where he was walking around in a boot, maybe he's still shaking that off a little bit. And maybe, you know, now, because he hasn't looked like the same guy. I I mean, there hasn't been holes for him. They're not blocking. Even Edmonds is not really doing much in the run game either. Um, <clears throat> um, and Edmonds is still being used in the passing game pretty much you know, all the time over Drake. I mean, they should, they got to give Drake more touches, get him into open space. I mean, at least three or four targets, no targets, one target. It's ridiculous. So, thought he looked a little bit better last week. Hasn't looked like the same guy, but again, the injury. So, be patient with him. I think some better games are coming. I think he could finish the season strong. I mean, the guy was a beast last year in this offense. So, let's be patient. Hopefully, they'll start opening up some holes. He gets a little bit healthier. Not giving up on Drake yet. Another good guy to trade for if you need some running back help. Um, good game here. You know, I think... Uh, tough game to call. Cowboys actually getting our favorite at home. I'll go with the Cowboys at home. I think the Red Rocket gets it done. I think the Cowboys defense plays a little bit better this week. Um... You know, it's going to be a tough time containing Murray. You know, he's going to be running around. So, 54 and a half, probably an over. Um, that's what everybody's going to take. How could you take the under in this game? Uh, but I'd roll with the Cowboys. Not a strong play. I probably won't take it, but the over looks good. And uh, that's pretty much it. So, that is going to do it for our week six show. Fantasysavvy.com. Fantasysavvy on Twitter. Hopefully, we covered everything pretty much here in this show. Um, the games will begin on Sunday. Again, stay tuned to that Patriots game. And um, and just stay tuned to those couple weather games as well. Uh, so, everybody enjoy the rest of the weekend. And enjoy your Sunday. Enjoy the Monday night football. And have a great weekend again. And let's go. Let's get it done. Fantasysavvy.com. Please give me a follow at Fantasy Savvy on Twitter. Thank you.